I'll punch you right in the face. And then you'll respect me. But I still need to kick your ass. How can I do that if you're dead? No way. Let's do it right now. One more for the road. Oh my god, I hate you so much. I just want to smash your face in. You're wrong, Frank. I'm not a kid. I'm a man. I am gonna get you better. And then I'm gonna beat you to death. I heard about your plan to save Frank. I think that's great. Oh, yeah. I'm mainly just doing that so I can kick his ass. You're the devil! Have fun being married to Satan! Soon I'll jump 15 buses. And I'll make your eyes. Yeah! And you know what won't make him smile? When I murder him! In a world where laughter was king on the edge of space. Ludicrous speed! Go! We get together, have a few laughs. Masters of the universe! Welcome, everybody. Welcome back to the Cinemasters of the Universe podcast. I am one of your hosts, the host to the left, the one who drinks, Ron Avis. And I am your host to the north, Adam Peterson, and I know some things. Yeah, and together we kind of make one whole of a Peter Dinklage. Yes. And, you know, if you're doing a podcast, it's the best you can hope for. Exactly. And if you didn't know, if you clicked on this episode, you're expecting... Uh, the Cinemasters to master the 2007 comedy Hot Rod, starring Andy Samberg and the Lonely Island crew, plus some others that we're going to talk about. And, and holy we're, crap! We're we're also just to just because I feel like we should lead with this. We are also staunchly anti-suicide. <laughs> <clears throat> I know, I know. It, it we, you know, we're it's a public service. Um, not enough people talk about the benefits of not committing suicide. Yeah. We lost Jonathan Brandis way too young. We and did. And I just don't want to see that happen again. Me neither. Because not I a mean, day goes by that I don't think about it. Literally. <laughs> I can't watch sidekicks without wondering what could have been. Yeah. It's, I mean, when you're sitting there and you're, I mean, you're fully engrossed in the never ending story part two and you're just like, why, oh why? Why did he leave us? He was Bill from the uh, It. Yeah. Mini Bill Denbro. Series. The original Bill Denbro. He was the original Bill Denbro. And uh, he was he was fine. He was quite good. He was. You really believe that he was in Sequest? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did. He he was a stuttering stuttering Bill. Um but yeah, so but but of course, I mean, you know, there's that public service. Uh we do let people know that. That's what we offer. Uh you you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't no. you shouldn't no. kill yourself. <laughs> Always hundred percent pro life. Yes. Hundred percent. Okay. Um but two thousand seven's hot rod, uh coming in at a very tidy eighty eight minutes. Yes. Um had a a thirty nine percent score on Rotten Tomatoes, which is wild. I can't believe it's that low. It's ridiculous. It's regal darn ridiculous. It's it is the unmitigated gall of these critics. 
And and I and a lot of a lot of these critics. I mean, we can get into a bit further as we go on, but most critics just sort of dismiss this movie as a silly movie. With, um, uh, you know, they, it's just it, it's it's a film that was a little bit of ahead of its time. I think people I weren't think right. ready for the genius of Andy Samberg in the no. Lonely Island. Not like not quite yet, not quite yet. So the the movie grossed fourteen million dollars U.S. Um, and I think $15 million total international. Like they chipped at another million overseas. That's right. <laughs> That's why we don't count the rest of the world. But uh, it's really interesting. Like Hot Rod is a movie that we reference a lot, in particular, the No Babe No. We've exactly. done that, that bit quite a bit. It's, we have. it's brilliant. The <clears throat> bathrooms here are nuts. I mean, yes. that's that's infamous in, in, the, in the circles of... Uh, the bit geek and the cinemasters, you know, like I have, you know, videos that I've put on. Those were fantastic. <laughs> and I enjoy doing them. Uh, it will get there. I don't want to, I don't want to bury the lead. Like that, 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 that is such a great bit. The bathrooms here are nuts. Uh, but hot rod, it's, it's just a silly movie. And I think, I really think it was ahead of its time. It came out in 2007, which really was like peak, um, Judd Apatow fame, you know, like you had a lot of those types of movies where there was a lot of improv. Improv was major, like in like popular in 2007. And Lonely like Lonely Island, they're really they they and along with like I I kind of put them with the Seth MacFarlane like silly anything goes like yeah from from one moment to the next you know i feel like it you you could kind of lump them in with that um you know whether you love it or hate it like i i i just loved it at that time i just adored it and uh the the movie has a little bit of a interesting history like it was it was originally written by pam brady who was known mainly for her work on south park uh, this was originally written as a vehicle for Will Ferrell. And, you know, that, that tracks, if you think 2007, he was I could see hot. That. Yeah, he was hot. It was it was one of those, you know, like it, any anytime you have like a really silly character, uh, you attach Will Ferrell to it. And uh, Paramount bought it, and it sat. And, uh, you know, Will Ferrell was, like I said, like he was a hot commodity, and he, he j- it just never came around to him. And um, around 2005, uh, you had the the rise of Lonely Island on SNL. Yep. And I, I think it was like 2005, 2006 is when a lot of their little digital shorts, SNL shorts, were still laser really cats. popular. Laser cats, yes. <laughs> I love laser cats, which you know has Bill Hader. In yes. It. He and Andy. Um, and I, I think the, the whole backstory of that is pretty funny too. Oh, they would just go into, uh, Lorne and pitch ideas for SNL, not laser cats, but you know, just, just silly things. And then the Lorne would just sort of just stare at them blankly and not really like what, what's going on. And then the, the digital shorts was sort of a result of like, I don't know what you guys are talking about, but people online, people on the internet sure seem to like it. So you do whatever you want to do, and we'll we'll give you access to our featured players like you know 
uh, Chris Parnell and, and whomever was on SNL at the time, you know, there was the famous Natalie's rap yes. that, you know, again, Chris Parnell was a part of that, but you know, like, you know, she, Natalie Portman was a guest and they, they snagged her and then they did that bit. I mean, there's so many great SNL digital shorts, you know, like the, like a boss and, you know, uh, I'm on a boat and I just had sex. Like there's so many of them. Like the digital short was like the lonely islands way of just doing whatever, whatever well, works. And that, that really, uh, that really changed some of the format for Saturday Night Live. I mean, going forward, when you think about it for the last 15 years or so where, I mean, like they had always had stuff that was pre-recorded, but most of it was like the commercials that they made, the parody commercials that they could, you know, throw up for to get 30 seconds to change between, you know, live sketches that they were doing. Mm -hmm. But most of their stuff wasn't pre-recorded. So to have those, you know, the digital And don't forget TV Funhouse too, like the Robert Smigel TV Funhouse bits. This was post Robert Smigel. Yeah. So this is is a whole new way for them to do, you know, because when you're doing live sketches, you I mean, there's limitations to what you can do live with special effects. Oh, for sure. For and sure. so for these guys to be able to put some of this together, because um, I know, I mean, it's one of, the, I think Pete Davidson probably in more later years has taken advantage of that. Keenan Thompson, some of With those guys. With his rap, raps yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So they've, for they, sure. they've really carried on that tradition. So it really did add, you know, kind of a, a new wing to the Saturday Night Live, you know, to, to their arsenal of different ways that they could um, convey their sketches, which was, I mean, I do kind of attribute to Andy Samberg and Bill Hader in that respect. Oh, for sure, and and also Andy Samberg and uh, Justin Timberlake with the Dick in the Box sketches. Yep. Like, I mean, those SNL digital shorts lended an air of coolness and and you know popularity to to the internet, the early internet age. Yeah, like the viral videos yep. being shared on YouTube. Like they they kind of breathed new life into SNL, which was getting a little bit stale. I, I would honestly say. You know, once Will Ferrell had, was leaving the nest and, she, you know, like that, that, you know, al- those alumni were going yeah. forward. And the real on. late 90s, early 2000s crew, once they were mm-hmm. kind of starting to outgrow their spot on there. And they yeah. had that next, that next uh, class of, of guys that were coming up that hadn't, hadn't done enough to really earn, you know, much of a reputation. These guys were doing something outside of the box. Right, and it was just perfect timing for the Lonely Island guys. You know, you had um, uh, Akiva Schaefer, who directed Hot Rod, and some other things associated to Lonely Island, like Popstar, Never Stop, Never Stopping. Uh, he directed The Watch with, um, uh, oh gosh. Ben Stiller. Uh, yeah, Ben Vincent Stiller. Richard A. Wadi. Right, and uh, so like you know, like and that that didn't have anything to do with the Lonely Island group, but it, you know he was he was, you know, kind of branching out, and and he, he's um, got pretty that much eye for th- how to direct things. He does. He he's the director of the group, and uh, pretty much every single bit of Lonely Island, you know, the digital shorts, quote unquote, that you're familiar with, he was the director of. And he he later got a little bit of time in front of the camera doing like the Oakland Nights with Andy. You know, the Bash re- more Brothers. recently, the Bash Brothers, right? The Oakland A's, Jose Canseco and Mark McGuire, which is pretty funny. But oh yeah, it's it's usually Andy and Jorma who yeah. were in front of the camera, and the three of them signed deals around 2005 uh, to to be 
writers uh, for SNL, and then of course Andy was a feature player. So you know, like that that was part of that new crew, and uh, they they came in just at the right time. And Hot Rod two thousand seven, you know, like th- this is just right around the time of the Lazy Sunday. Natalie's rap, you know, like they they started releasing albums like you know Turtleneck and Chains, you know, like some some of these some of their albums would go like gold, you know, like oh, yeah. they were really really majorly uh, big big selling albums. They um, cater to a very specific audience, but that audience is not necessarily small. Yeah, and I really enjoy like if you listen to their music, like the the beats and all the sensibilities of that era hip hop, you know, like they they it, it wasn't. Like, you know, like you, you could, you could kind of compare them to like a weird owl who does parodies, but they did all original tunes. Yeah. They're they were, funny and silly, but like, they actually were like really good songs too. If you, if you mixed weird owl with beastie boys, I think you get the lonely Island. Oh man, I love that. I love there's that. There's a legit, there's a legitness to their ability to create music yeah. um, and not just parody, but it was there was this uh, this farcical take on you know how the the grandiosity of uh, of hip hop and how they like to poke a little bit of fun at that. I love that. I love that. That's that's a great way to describe Lonely Island for sure. You take a little bit of Weird Al, you take a little bit of Beastie Boys, and you have Lonely Island. There you go. Um, but you know, Hot Rod is one of those films uh, for for the month of February. We're we're gonna do four episodes, like you know, like we did for October. Um, we're we're gonna do movies that we love. The, these aren't necessarily movies that we think are the best movies ever, but but they're movies that we love. Yeah. And I, I had to come out with swinging, you know, with Hot Rod. It is one of those movies that really informs a person. For me. Like, if you want to know, like, Ron's sense of humor, what Ron Avis thinks is funny, uh, Hot Rod is it. Um, it. And it's an underrated flick, you know, it of really the 2000s. Is. Not a lot of people have seen this movie even still. Like, it's a cult classic, I guess, at this point. And they made it that way. You know, like, it's it's not a movie that you would make to and expect to have great success. Like, because... I've seen people compare it to movies like Wayne's World, and of course you you, you can't help but lump in some SNL because yeah. I mean, these are SNL guys. So like Lorne Michaels was a producer of Hot Rod. Um, it it does it has like a Wayne's World quality, but unlike Wayne's World, there was no built-in audience for Hot Rod. Yeah, and and one of the one of the things about this this in the kind of the waning days of Saturday Night Live movies because, you know, we've talked about that before in podcasts about how, you know, especially in the late 80s and, and throughout the 90s, <clears throat> you would have these characters that they would create on, on Saturday Night Live that would get an audience, get yeah. a following, and then they would try, they would see, and in a lot of instances it did translate well enough to the, the, the big screen. Sure. But by 2005, they really weren't in that industry as much. I mean, People from no. Saturday Night Live were still, you know, finding their way into um, Hollywood uh, movie careers, yes. but not via SNL vehicles. And so this right. was kind of in the waning days of that. Um, yeah, by 2005, that was done. That was long yeah. gone. Long gone. And, you know, critics were not kind to Hot Rod. <laughs> they they saw it as a little bit lazy, a little bit goofy. You know, I'm sure it got kind of compared, like... 
you know, fa- Family Guy was a, a a popular show, but a lot of people just find it lazy. Like it just feels it's very non sequitur. Uh, it it you know it it's not like Family Guy. Like Family Guy depends on nostalgia. Like nostalgia is a huge yeah. key. Like you know you you think about the South Park and the South with with Family Guy and the 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 manatees. There's like a formula <laughs> to it. <laughs> I was just talking about that yesterday. Oh, it's so great! It's so great. Uh, but but Hot Rod, it and it and it and it kind of came out during a time where movies with like you had like these neandering plots and characters like you know you think of movies like napoleon dynamite like there's a for sure a napoleon dynamite vibe oh, yeah. to hot rod um but i just wanted to i just wanted to uh even though like i said like rotten tomato got like a 39 percent and metacritic 43 percent these are bad like you would expect to have a bad movie but but Roger Ebert, good old Roger Ebert, gave this film a three out of four stars, and I just wanted to read a little bit, if you don't mind, absolutely of part of his review, and I think it's so dead on, and it just makes me miss Roger Ebert so much. So he he says the movie is funny because it's sincere. It likes Rod. It doesn't portray him as a maniacal goofball but as an ambitious kid who really thinks every single time that he will succeed. In creating this aura of sincerity, Hot Rod benefits from SpaceX's performance, who plays it straight and without inflection, supporting characters are needed to reinforce Rod and not compete with him. And I think that is so dead on. Like, the dude fucking got it in 2007. Rod Kimball is a sincere character. He wants to be a stuntman. He believes he's going to be a stuntman. And his crew has total faith in him. And they're actually competent in what they do. Like, Kevin is a good manager. You know, Bill is a... a, Or Dave. Dave is a good, uh, you know, engineer. Whatever. I don't know what you'd call him exactly, but... Rico, Rico is a hell of a ramp builder. Oh yeah, like these guys are good at what they do, and I I dig that. I really like Ebert's take on that movie. So, as for you, oh, and this movie was released. I forgot to bring this up. The movie was released on August fifth, two thousand seven. So it was kind of pumped out there at that end of the summer. End of summer, yeah, yeah. Where a lot of movies during that era were the wind down. Yeah, it was the wind down. And I, I totally remember seeing trailers for this and thinking, this this is really funny. This looks great. And I didn't go see it in theaters, but as soon as it came out on video, I, I instantly jumped on it, and I was in love. I was in total love with this movie from, from that point forward, ever. And people who, you know, I you know, like when you, you find something that's not real popular amongst the general populace, you, you kind of can you know like let you you know if someone's cool whether or not they like something that you think is really cool but it's also not popular like i could weed people out like you know like what did you think about hot rod oh my god hot rod's so good and i'm like you're one of my people (laughs) exactly that's when you know that's when you know because it's not meet the parents you know like it's not you know other films from that era that were really popular 
It's uh, not. It's not one of those mainstream comedies that no. you know that got that got a lot of attention, got a lot of marketing, got a lot of you know uh, uh, of everything kind of pushing it out into the public forum. No, no, it definitely got crapped out right at the uh, mid to end of the summer. Yeah, it was like and, you said. Here's here's some money to go make whatever movie it is you guys think you want to make. You know, if you guys if you guys screw it up, you know, I guess it's, we're not out this that much money, right? And we'll you know we'll toss it out there sometime at the end of August. Yeah. So from there, I guess we'll just go into who, who the who's in this thing. Uh, we got Andy Samberg who plays Rod Kimball, the star of the movie. Uh, he likes to sure. party. He likes to party. That's right. Oh, I've got. I want to break down the crew one by one for sure. Uh, Jorma, is it Tacone? Yeah. Okay. Jorma Tacone plays Kevin Powell, his stepbrother. Uh, Bill Hader, who's just known as Dave. Uh, Danny McBride. This was my introduction to Danny McBride. He plays Rico, and I have lots of things to say about Rico. (laughs) 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 And Danny McBride. Uh, Isla Fisher, who plays Denise. Uh, Sissy Spacek plays Marie Powell, uh, Rod's mother. Um, you know, you and, and and all these people that I've mentioned so far, aside from the Lonely Island, like you knew Bill Hader from SNL. Yeah, Danny McBride was was fresh faced. Uh, Isla Fisher was uh, probably most known from Wedding Crashers. Wedding Crashers, who, where she was phenomenal. I loved her. Yeah, she, her star just, was on the rise at that point. It was definitely on the rise, and it's criminal that she isn't more famous. She should be more famous than she actually is. Yeah, like she's I agree. Great, she's awesome. Uh, but Sissy Spacek was uh, from as as Roger Ebert had said, like she kind of provides like the levity. Oh, not not the levity, but the uh, the grounded, more dramatic roots, like playing it straight. She's like the straight woman. Yeah, but. You know her from like Coal Miner's Daughter and Carrie and a million of other things. Uh, and then if there's Ian McShane, who plays Frank, um, who is a big driving force of the movie. Uh, Ian McShane, most people know him at the time from Deadwood, really. I mean, he would later go on to be in films like the um, John Wick films yep. and other things. But Ian McShane was, I mean, at that point, I think was mainly known for Deadwood. And I, I like well, I think that, you know, even though, you know, in 2007, Sissy Spacek and Ian McShane aren't huge, you know, mm-hmm. uh, huge names, but I, I like their contribution to it because it, I think, I think they were smart even in choosing those because they fit great within the cast, yeah. but then it feels like they, they do add a bit of grounded to it. Like there's, yeah. like if you just, if you look at the cast say Andy Samberg, uh, Bill Hader, okay, it's just these guys are just going to be goofing off doing. Right. It's like when you see Sissy Spacek and Ian McShane, it's like, okay, there's a, I mean, you get a little bit of validity right off the bat just because those guys signed on to it. And I yeah, like that. Absolutely. And Ian, Ian, like you, you feel like he read the script and got it because he really yeah. played into it. Oh, he was a great Frank. Yes, Sissy Spacek really played it straight throughout, but Ian McShane really seemed to be having a lot of fun as yeah. Frank Powell. You never speak uh, continuing on. You got like an SNL fire. connection. <laughs> yes, right. Uh, Will Arnett as Jonathan, who um, for me, I mainly at that point just knew him from uh, Blades of Glory. He was in that. Uh, I knew that he was married to Amy Poehler at the time. They may still be married. I don't know. I don't think they are anymore. 
Okay. Uh, but he, to me, he was sort of a new up and coming type of, you know, like face. Like I recognized him and, you know, Will Arnett, I think later on became really famous for his voice. Like he has this great voice, yes. you know, he's Lego Batman. He's the Reese's spokesman. Um, you know, he, he's Bojack Horseman. Uh, See, he, I, I was fortunate at the time because I knew him. I knew him as uh, Joe Bluth from Arrested oh, Development. Yes, Joe Bluth. He's so great. Uh, then you have Chris Parnell as Barry Posternak. Um, he he kind of pops up late in the film and makes he makes it count. Like every moment that he's in it is great. That's Chris Parnell to a T. Uh, yes, you just I point and Parnell. aim him, and he just <laughs> nails it. He does. He has such a great voice too, as the AM radio guy. Uh, and then as a as a member of the cast, I just put Europe, the rock band Europe, as yes. like a major player in this movie. They have four songs featured in this thing. <laughs> There's a lot of Europe, and none of them were the final countdown. No, exactly. That's saying something. <laughs> oh shit! So did you did you put in there Andrew uh, Andrew Moxham? No, I didn't. Which, he played which he, Sullivan. Sullivan, okay. I was going to say, was that Sully? Sully, you chode. <laughs> you chode. <laughs> God, I can't wait to talk about more Will Arnett. So let's talk about the crew, okay? Uh, we'll, we'll start with the crew, and then we'll, at the top of that pyramid is Rod. Uh, he is the stuntman. He is the leader. And, and Hot Rod is... I, I like to turn to you as to do a synopsis of the film. What is Hot Rod all about, Adam? Oh, Hot Rod. Uh, Hot Rod is the the journey of one man proving himself to the world. Mm-hmm. And the way the way that he does this is by garnering the approval of his stepfather. Yes. <laughs> who the the plight of the film comes in the impending demise. Should he not receive a heart transplant conveniently yes. priced at fifty thousand dollars? <laughs> I love that line. That was Chris <laughs> Parnell delivering that. Is just perfect. It is. Yeah. So, so Hot Rod is like, and I was digging into Hot Rod as far as I could go. I did like I didn't want to go in too too deep, but I went in a little bit deep. And there, there's a little bit of Super Day of Osborne in this in this movie. In fact, Jonathan actually calls Hot Rod or Rod yeah. Super Dave at one point. And are you familiar with Super Dave at all? Oh, Bob Einstein? Oh, absolutely. Yes. He's got, He's awesome. The he's Showtime the show of a stuntman who always fails horribly. And the best part about Super Dave, though, is the horrible wipeouts. Oh, and yeah. they're always, they're obviously dummies, you know, like of, of the crashes. But unlike this movie, like there were no dummies. There's no dummy made like it featured in this movie. It's all stuntmen. Even falling down the hill, we'll get to that later. But even that scene, it's real people <laughs> falling down the hill. <laughs> I'm but just gonna so- giggle like an idiot through most of this because <laughs> I'll just be thinking of these scenes and like you can't help but just laugh. Oh, I know. I love Hot Rod. It's like every. It's like I said it before. It's only 88 minutes and it's tight. It. It's like it's as long as like an episode of SNL. Like if you think yeah. about it, 
It's really short. It it's it's on par of a length of a of a cartoon, and it is like a Looney Tunes cartoon. You know, it's just really silly. And I like the, it's just it's just the whole thing is just candy because it's like it's mm-hmm. like that's why it's it's one of those things like when I get why critics dump on movies like this. Yeah, but at the same time, I just be like, do you hate fun? Is that yeah. just your job is just to hate? Because like this movie's just fun. Like, yeah. I know you might not, have, you, you might be like, oh, if this was a book, the book would be so much better. But I'm like, right, it's just, right. it's 88 minutes of just people like laughing. You just yeah. laugh because it's people falling down. It's silly yes. things. Like, why yes. would you not like that? Just goofy stuff. Just really funny stuff. This isn't worth my time. I'd rather be watching Dune right now. Oh, God. So you, you, you opened me up. I watched Dune. I actually. <laughs> <laughs> I think I we've mentioned before on the podcast. Like, <laughs> so I watched Dune. I went ahead and checked it out. Man, that movie is boring. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> it makes me not even want to see the new version that's coming out. The on only thing HBO I will Max. give the new version um, is, I like, and I've, I've, Feel like I, I feel compelled to invest in watching Dune as well, just because you need to watch it. You need, need to, watch to watch it. it. Just so, I need you to watch it so we can talk about it. <laughs> but like the the cast, because I've I've seen the trailer because I have HBO um, right now because they're releasing yeah. all the Warner Brothers movies, right? Um, and so I've seen the trailer a number of times, and clearly the effects that you know that you could put a new movie in twenty twenty are going to be way better than the ones that they did back in yeah the oh for eighties. But in addition to that, it's like okay, I did, my best. <laughs> I did my best. Did my best. The the cast of this movie just feels like it's a much larger, better class of actors. I, than, I think so. I, I think it'll available. be okay. I, I'm gonna watch it. I know I joked about like not having a lot of enthusiasm for it, but it's got to be better than what from from the early eighties. Yeah. Like, man, it sucked. God, it was like Buck Rogers level special <laughs> effects, like really terrible. <laughs> like, I, pr- I I thank my lucky stars that that David Lynch did not do Jedi because he was one of those people who was in the running to direct Jedi. And, oh, the uh, Ewoks would have been terrifying. Oh, my God. All of it would have like been a terrible. Fever like, dream. Jabba the Hutt would have been horrible. It was just a nightmare. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the, but thanks for throwing that Dune. I just wanted to get that out there. Like I have seen released Dune. the pressure valve. Just I was it. the cinemaster who jumped on that grenade and watched it. And it <laughs> God, it was boring. And I'm the one that's gonna do the same thing. I I was actually a little baked when I watched it. <laughs> it was still <laughs> horrible. <laughs> this movie's so bad, so yeah. bad. Yeah. Okay. So back to the crew. So yeah, we got Rod the stuntman. Excellent synopsis, by the way. Thank you. So Rod is the leader of the crew. He rides this silly bike for stunts. I love his like, bike. <laughs> it's got it's a like motor, a, but you pedal it too. Yes. It's like a moped, but you can also, you also need to pedal it to get started. Like the, the horsepower, it must be like 20 horses. <laughs> that little bike. It's a bicycle. It's not even a dirt bike. It's more of a bike, that, a bicycle than it is a dirt bike. I'll say that. But he rides this silly little moped thing for stunts. Uh, he wants to be a stuntman because he believes his father was a great stuntman um, who died while in the shadow of Evil Knievel. I love the backstory of, of, of Rod's dad. It's really sweet. Um, but as it turns out, of course. Up until you find out the actual backstory. <laughs> he was a cashier at a, at a tire, at a tire store. store. He died. He choked on pie. He really wanted to win that trophy. <laughs> Really wanted to win that piety contest. 
but he, he desperately wants to earn the respect of his stepfather, uh, with Frank. And uh, he, the only way he can do this, in his mind, is to kick the shit out of Frank in a fight. And I just they, they really play that whole bit for laughs throughout the movie. There's tons and tons of great quotes from, from you know, Rod just wanting to beat Frank to death to earn his love. Uh, but but likes, I have Rod, like, I'm trying to do, like, likes, dislikes, things like that. Uh, I put Rod likes to party, and he likes his dad. So that, that's Rod in a yes. nutshell. How would you break down the character of Rod Kimball? <sighs> I mean, you kind of did a little bit already. Yeah, but other than what I said, is there anything other than that that you that that you're you you've noticed about Rod, or that you like about Rod, or dislike about Rod? Uh, I I like I like the acknowledgement that he's genuine. I like that yeah. because uh, I I think that's one of the things that really lends to the ability to latch onto his character is there's a genuineness about him. Like even you know you, you have this. Because you you have as as goofy as and I like that the way that came up with the plot, the plot is like oh they came up with a plot that they could you know that that drives the movie but also mm-hmm. simultaneously you can mock so you get yes. you know, kind of double mileage out of it yeah there's oh. some really funny montages throughout this movie and so you you've got you've got a good driving force here um, because I mean, because really I mean like that's I think that's what makes because there's all those individual scenes where. If Rod's not really totally sold on this, mm-hmm. then there's no reason for him to continue doing the things that he's doing. Right. And so I think that each each one of those little the you know the training vignettes, and then then when you get to you know all of the things where they're grinding out different you know birthday parties and events to try and earn the cash. Yeah. Then then you hit the snag where they put together the movie, and even that would feel. Um, forced if rod wasn't you know and in typical fashion andy sandberg plays it over the top where he comes up and instead of you know trying to unplug the projector or something he just chucks it out the window (laughs) yes yes (laughs) but it's like even when he short circuits himself he's still genuine in that because it's like that's that tracks rod would overreact like that yeah so he's I, i like that assessment that he's very genuine because even when he's out of control it's because he would that's how he would respond to something. It really is. It to me, Rod is best like the scene that tells me who Rod is the most is the the montage where he's telling his crew how they're gonna save Frank and they're at uh, they're at Dave's ice rink the job ice rink. and he's he's laying out the plan and it's so detailed yes. in every step. And they're just hanging on his every word, you know? There's never a, like, Rod is not a character who you think is a buffoon. Like, he know like, he's very organized, very organized. And he's he's not terrible at what he does. He just doesn't really have the equipment to yeah. do what he wants to pull off. You know, he just doesn't have the funding. Uh, but he has the, the belief and the heart and soul of his crew. And I just, I love his crew. I love Rod and I love his crew and how they just, they follow him and believe in him. Well, and and even I mean, like when you get into the point where he wants to give up on stuff, how much that impact? It's not like they're like, all right, fine, I'll just go back to work at the the ice rink. And Rico's like, all right, I guess we're. It's like, you know, when when Dave's getting as upset as he is, he's like, look what you're doing to him, right? <laughs> yeah, you're making water come out of my face. 
<laughs> exactly. It's like it so really impacts them. He's the heart of the team. He really is. He's the heart and soul of the team. Um, so the next person in the crew is his stepbrother, Kev, Kevin, Kevbot. Uh, he is the videographer slash manager. Um, he's sort of quiet. He has like this, he, he dresses kind of like this dork loser nerd from Like he's 80s. 12. Yeah, that I he's want like to this talk little about brother. that. He, <laughs> yes. he, re- he reminds me of, uh, of, of Deacon um, Logan. Just this Ooh. little brother to like, yeah. from uh, Ted's from Bill brother, and Ted, from yeah, Bill and Ted. Like he just was <laughs> yes. like, almost like he's more responsible than his older brother, yes. but he's still just a kid. Yes, yeah, that's a good point. And he, you know, he he rolls around on his heelys. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like I love throughout. There's a couple of different scenes in the movie where he's got his little heelys on, which were yes. big in the like mid to late two thousands, and. uh I definitely want to talk about the fact that they, like Rod and Kevin, they they seem to be grown men living in little boy rooms and in bodies. Like the way they dress, like it, I don't really. It, I want to talk about that later, but not now, not now. But I, I like Kevin. I like I like Jorma. I think Jorma and uh, Adam, uh, yeah, Andy, Andy are great off of one another. I really enjoy them. And uh, he he's just the perfect, like he he lets Andy be, you know, boombastic yes. and big, and he he can kind of be like the quiet shy one. And I like the part where they're like dancing and Rico's like pushing him into a van, and he doesn't even complain. <laughs> hey, Rod, hey Rod, what's that movie about that song where the grandma gets run over by a reindeer? <laughs> yes, grandma got run over by a reindeer. No, that's not it. So the third member of the crew is Rico. Rico is, well, he builds the ramps, I guess. That's really what his job is. He's oftentimes hot-tempered. He's an expert in pyrotechnics. And he loves (laughs) high-fives. Yes, he does. He's the best at high-fives. He also likes green green tea and going to church. And hats. Free hats. Yes. (laughs) Rico. Holy shit. Danny McBride, who really was, he was, he came out like out of nowhere. Crazy. Like I I was, of of all the people in this movie, I was already a little bit familiar with a lot of the other people in this film, but he was brand new for me. And I loved every, you know, like I'll often say that uh, Will Arnett made all the right choices with the few minutes that he had. Rico is in the movie the whole, whole way through. And he makes all all the right choices too. Like he he is so fantastic. And I know some people. I, I think they discovered like he was in that what the Foot Fist way where he wrote yes. and directed that movie where he's like a karate instructor. And Danny McBride later he's he's like a little bit of a Seth Rogen where he he he's a he's a talented and skilled writer and he's really good at writing things for himself. Yeah. And he he stayed relevant in Hollywood despite his odd appearance. You know, like he's got he's kind of a dumpy dude with like curly long hair and you know like. But but if you look at like his the the things he's been in, like Eastbound and Down is wonderful. I love it. Vice Principals I think might even be better. Like it's just as good if not better. And I I'm sad to say that I haven't seen the third one show that he's 
done on HBO where he's uh, like tell they're like television. Oh, the other television. I ha- yeah, I haven't seen that one either. I haven't seen that one yet, but I'm sure it's good too because it looks like a pretty interesting cast. But Danny McBride, he's I will admit he's a bit of an acquired taste. He really he's he's abrasive in a yeah. lot of his comedy. He's he never plays a really likable character. <laughs> but I'll be damned if he if it doesn't work. It really works. It, yeah, he he, works. Sh- he shows he shows up kind of in the outskirts of of just about everything. Like he'll he pops up in enough places to stay relevant, but you you never necessarily see him in a lot of mainstream stuff. Yeah. Well, he hitched his tail. He hitched his you know, he hitched onto the Seth Rogen yeah. uh, wagon there for a little bit. You know, he was in a couple of movies with him. Uh, but you're right, yeah. I mean, he, he just he just pops in and out. And he's he's never going to be, like, a huge movie star. Probably, you know, mainly for his appearances. You know, he it's like Will Ferrell. Like, you know, you're just, you're just, he's just never going to be, like, Hollywood's leading man. Yeah. But, uh, but he's, he's such a good writer. He just knows how to keep himself in the game because yeah. he writes for himself. He knows what he's good at. And, and he knows that nobody else years, can play it as well as he can. I mean, exactly. He's very distinct. He's very unique, a la Seth Rogen. You know, nobody can do what he does but him. And I really dig him, and he's just wonderful in this movie. Um, Dave, played by Bill Hader, who I knew a little bit from SNL. Not a whole yeah. lot, but I, I did know of him a little bit. He's sort of like, I guess he's sort of like, the engineer like what would you say dave's role on the team is yeah like he i mean he's the he handles the bike so he's kind of the mechanic yeah um but it's it's not just that because there's you know clearly he does more than that he's he's kind of i mean a jack of all trades in that respect so good point good point. <clears throat> he's, yeah. he's a gentle philosopher yes <laughs> there's an ancient uh, an italian a- maxim that <laughs> roughly translates to he who is resistant to change <laughs> yes yes don't I'll you ever tell me how to live my life. Well, they're filling the pool, and Rico sprays him with the hose. Don't you ever tell me how to live my life. Little girl, I don't want a cherry. <laughs> so I put Dave. Um, he is a he is a gentle philosopher. Um, he's an accomplished yes. skateboarder. Yes. Um, he's good on the, on the bench the grinder. Board. On the banana board, right. He likes um, acid and Voltron and flamethrowers. <laughs> I don't know, maybe because it's super badass. <laughs> he dislikes his sister and uh, in nutty bathrooms. Yes. <laughs> so Bill Hader is awesome. And I like that Bill Hader is really kind of, his star is on the rise right now. Yes. He's in a lot of things. He was in the show Barry. He, he played a big role in the uh, It movies. He was in that. Um so he he's he's had like this kind of slow ascension. He was vital on SNL. He played a lot of really hilarious yes. roles. He kind of played that generic everyman guy in SNL. He was always like a game show host in SNL yes. bits. He's his he's voice is it. very his voice is very unique and can he can contort it in a lot of different ways. He can do a lot of really good accents, but he yeah. also like he just got a very unique usable voice in a lot of different capacities. I do love his voice. Do you know where he's from? Are you familiar with where he's from? I would like to know where he's from because he does have this very distinct voice. And I don't know if it's just something that's unique to him or if it's like everyone 
that where he's from kind of sounds like him, but I love I love Bill Hader. I think I think a lot of it came from the house that he grew up in. I think I remember watching an interview with him one time because um, so when I, like I've gone down a number of Bill Hader rabbit holes late at night where you just YouTube okay. video after one another <clears throat> and like his whole family, just the way that they talk, they're like, you know, we were down at the you know the grocery store the other day and crazy Carl, he's down there. And it, he's <laughs> yeah. that was that was kind of the sentiment is like. People, people in his family, when they would tell stories, would always do the voices for people, and so it was kind yeah. of he grew up in that culture of, okay. you know, contorting your voice in a different capacities just to, you know, enrich the story of how you're telling it. I, I just love his laid back ease in this movie. You know, he's like can do. Yeah, he's like, just yeah, like, he's just chill. <laughs> he's very chill, and I love Bill Hader in this, and it's one of my favorite Bill Hader roles to. Even to this day, to this day, I think he's great. I like that it's it's a it's a it's a solid plot point in his career path to show even early on how competent he was. Like this movie mm-hmm. may not get the recognition that it deserves, but when you go and you watch it and you see his contribution to it, it's like yeah, it's it's genuinely funny. It's like this oh, might yeah. not be everybody's cup of tea, but like you watch it, you see Bill Hader. It's like okay, Bill Hader is funny in twenty twenty one, but Bill Hader yeah. was funny in two thousand seven. Oh hell yeah! And and the crew, the crew is perfectly assembled. You know, yeah. Every everyone brings something to it. You know, it, it it nobody dominates in this crew. Even though, like you, you, you could get like an Andy Samberg who is an over the top persona in a lot of the things that he does, like Brooklyn Nine Nine. Like he, you know, he just. Well, I mean, I say that, but at the same time, like he really does lend himself to um, casts, like you know, like an all star yes. cast. Like he, he plays well within. He's a good team player with comedy. He's he's got he's he's got the uh, the presence to really drive something, so he can be yeah. out there in front. But yeah. he flourishes more when there's an array of uh, of characters around him to support it, yes. and I think that's what makes it really work. For sure, for sure. So the next and last person on the team officially is Denise, played by Isla Fisher, who I love. I have a major crush on Isla Fisher. Ever since I saw her in Wedding Crashers, I just thought she was fantastic as the uh, kind of psycho. <laughs> Uh, you know, girlfriend to um, Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn, yes, she's just so good, so great. Married, she's married to Sasha Bear Cohen, right? Yes, yeah. I think that man, that must be a hilarious. The two of them together, like I can't even imagine like the shit that they talk about because she, she is such. I mean, she's well, she's gorgeous. She's so cute, but she's really funny and. I've seen her in a couple of different things, and she just really shines. And it's a shame that she's just not more popular than she she is. I mean, she she had a big role in the Now You See Me movies, um, but I mean, what else has she really done? I mean, she's kind of she was in Tag. I remember she had a little role in Tag. Yeah, I mean, she's like um, comedy is her forte, but I mean, she can do yeah. anything. Like, uh, uh, but she she played the last the latest addition to the crew. She she brought the college experience, I guess. <laughs> like I don't know what else you would say. She could brought really to use the that college experience. <laughs> yes, exactly. That was sort of how Rod framed it. But she she brings the college experience, um, and she her character like so she she I guess she comes home after I guess finishing college, and she brings with her her boyfriend Jonathan, who. 
you know, is a character all on himself. But, you know, she, she sort of more or less serves as Rod's love interest in the film. You know, they kind of end up together in the end. But it's not silly, you know? Like, it's not... Like, they have a meet-cute where Rod comes out and, you know, he's got the trash and she's sort of outside <laughs> walking the dog and he's like, nailed it! And he's like, you look really sh- pretty. And she's like, what'd you say? Like, you look really shitty. Like, they just, I love it. I love everything about them. It, that I love that scene because it, like, it feels like they said, all right, here's what I want to do. I want to do the Tobey Maguire, Kirsten Dunst scene from the first Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. But I want to do it ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> I can see that. Totally. But Denise likes uh, her likes her Tai Chi. Yes. Um, and she's really good at handicapping anthropomorphic food fighting. Yes. She's, she's honestly she's the best at that. <clears throat> okay, so I want to I want to have an honorable mention of the crew, and that's Richardson. <laughs> Richardson does deserve an honorable mention. He deserves an honorable mention. He wants to be in the crew. He's loyal to Rod and the crew. Um, he brings really good dancing to the pelvic table, thrusting I guess. pelvic thrusting for sure uh he wants to join the crew officially but he he's he's kind of like the intern you know like he has yes. the scene where he hands out the flyers with the bass slash throws like, them in people's face <laughs> yes i love that scene where he's just just blowing up people with flyers just he's got a whole stack of flyers he just throws them right at the faces of these people and uh one one of those people is uh i i was it akiba's mom like she's yes. walking out to a van and he just like pummels her with flyers and turns and pelvic thrusts but i do like the scene where you meet him and he's in the pool richardson and, out of the pool <laughs> yes <laughs> there's no tool in this pool and he's like he's like you don't do anything man he's like oh don't i and he, you know, he hits play in his little boombox, and he's doing that like labored pelvic thrusting. And he goes, "You like what you see?" <laughs> and Rico and and Dave are like, "No, shaking <laughs> like, their heads. Sort of, yeah. No, not <laughs> I don't at all." So. <laughs> so Richardson's. So the funny thing about Lonely Island, like those guys, all you know, they they were friends in I think middle school or high school. Like they yeah, knew each yeah, other. Yeah, they grew they grew up together. They grew up together, and they all went their separate ways for college. But then they moved back in in California, um, and they, that's where the Lonely Island thing comes from. Like they all moved in together. Richardson was one of the guys that lived. They all lived together. Yeah. So he is apartment. part of the original Lonely Island crew. Like, you know, you, you have to give Richardson props. Like, if you love the Lonely Island, there's a bit of Richardson in all of that. Yes. So. You can really feel the pelvic thrusting in their, in their <laughs> Yes, you sure can. You sure can. Okay. Um, so that's the crew. Did I, did I forget anybody? No. I think that's – we nailed it. Hmm. Well, let's get to some of the scenes in this bad boy then. Let's so do So the movie that. opens up to – um, a stunts gone wrong kind of montage with <laughs> Europe's rockin' thumper danger on the tracks as we get like a little bit of a sampling of what Rod's all about. <laughs> Did we reinforce the ramp? Yeah. I love that. You don't even see what I'm talking about. Where like, you know, he, he's kind of like hops off the, the ledge. Oh, yeah. You know, he's very slowly going in between posts with like little kids following, you know, following him. 
Uh, and he's he's trying to get it, you know, he's trying to drum up interest for his big pool jump the, at the community pool. But I, I just wanted to talk about some of the stunts that he was showing off. Like, yeah, he jumps off the curb. Uh, he's doing like no hands, you know, he's he's standing on the bike. You know, he's he's kicking up some dirt, you know, with this like like 10 horsepower, you know, <laughs> moped. And the, like the moped. kids are just like watching on. Um, but I, I just I really think the movie the he sets the tone for the movie perfectly with that montage and like like the Europe and the danger on the tracks. Like I just love it. I love the way the movie starts. I like I like that no matter what he's doing, he's always able to garner some kind of crowd. Like people <laughs> people actively pay him and yeah. show up to things. He's charging two bucks a head to see him jump this pool. Which, by the way, he makes like maybe halfway across. Yeah, it's not even close. <laughs> not even close. It's like, nope, there was never a shot at making across that pool. But the movie at 88 minutes doesn't waste any time introducing you to his crew. Like, yeah. right away, like they're kind of hanging out at that little burger joint. And Rico walks up and he's like, you know, like, you shitheads, I just found some fireworks in the men's bathroom. Would you like to light them off? The right, right, right after they, they go through the jelly bellies. Yeah, I the just, 100 straight I love, jelly bellies. I love that as a talent because yes. that's what they're really showcasing. He can eat 100 jelly bellies in a row and identify yes. every flavor. He totally nails it. That That is, uh, that's raspberry? a talent rod. Oh, just psych, fairy cherry. They're like, wow, 100 straight. But I, there, I wanted to point out right away, like there's some... I think there's some intentional bad acting, especially from Danny McBride. Yeah. Like he. You who should heads. Yeah. You who should. The way he delivers. The way he delivers. Yeah. It's (laughs) not good. It's so terrible. (laughs) And I just can't believe he's that bad of an actor. Like, I really don't think he's that bad. So, like, I think they were trying to establish some sort of style right away. And he kind of. He can, he for sure carries it throughout the film. I don't know if everyone else is on board with that, but he definitely does. And also, right away, you kind of get the setup of, you know, really the the plot of the movie, the driving the driving force of the movie is Rod trying to get the respect of his stepdad, Frank, played by Ian McShane. And um there's that recurring theme throughout the movie where he's just trying to beat up Frank and you know, Frank Frank just kicks the shit out of him through he really fights kind of dirty throughout the movie. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He's really he does hard not pull on any punches. No, he doesn't. <laughs> he kicks him all over the basement right up front of the movie. You know, like I love I love the little goofy lines like the ancestors protect me. Yes. May <laughs> they protect like, nope. you. <laughs> and then they like clasp, you know, like they do this kind of I don't know, it's it's great. I, when I forget, I think it was when we were, when I was watching the other night, and I was just looking up different stuff. Yeah. There was there was a I, I found a GIF of two guys, uh, and I have no idea who they were. I started trying to look it up, and I got uh, sidetracked by something else. But it was two guys on the Buffalo Bills, and you could see them mm-hmm. bowing to each other just like Andy and Jorma do, and then yeah. they, they clasp each other by the helmet. Yeah, and it's oh this total God. homage to that that opening scene. It. And I was like, oh, it's that's so, so great. great. And they do it again at the end of the movie, too, with the gods of war. (laughs) May your hammer be mighty. (laughs) 
I just want to know where that comes from. You know, like a lot of the jokes in this movie has to be like inside jokes. Yeah, just stuff that they're like, they're just spitballing stuff and it just clicks and they run yeah. with it. Yeah, and, and like, that's part of the fun of the movie. Like part of it is that like, and some of it's just nonsensical stuff. Like you're just, not, it's not like Douglas bubble trousers doesn't mean anything, you know? Yeah. It just doesn't. And uh, I, part of the fun of the movie is like trying to figure out like what is what. But yeah, so, but but yeah, you got that whole scene where Rod it's set up that he's trying to kick the shit out of Frank, and he beats the hell out of him, and then, you know, then then instantly they go to the pool, and you know, these Rod's trying to jump the pool, and this. Before that, you get the scene where Rod meets Denise, and it's 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 just all silliness. It's really just a way to get Denise and the crew. Yeah. Um. I did want to point out, like, I wanted to stop, and like I would mentioned it before, that the crew is actually pretty good at their job. The ramps that Rico builds are really good. Yes. <laughs> He's a for sure competent ramp builder. Like, if you look at the ramp at the pool, like the ramp where he, he takes off and lands, like, that's like, those are good ramps. I think the thing that I really like about it is... Um, because they're like, they don't play, they don't play to the, the joke that they're poorly built. Yeah. Um, although I do, I do like that opening gag was like, did we, uh, did we reinforce the, the takeoff ramp? And I'm like, we didn't have time. Like right. there's something pressing about them doing this jump <laughs> yes. right now. Like, oh, I do like we, that. That, that was the opening scene of the movie too, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, no, we got time. We can reinforce yeah, we got this. time. <laughs> There's there's nobody like nobody's waiting on this footage. There's um, nobody watching you guys. <laughs> but uh, what what I really appreciate about his craftsmanship is the fact that I don't think there's any math that goes into it. It's no, like okay, probably what, not. What kind of angle should this ramp be at <laughs> for him to be able to make it is over the there, pool? Is there though? Because I'm looking at that ramp and I'm thinking like, man, that ramp looks pretty solid. Like, it's really it's very like it's if very Rod well had built. a better bike, he could have landed that. Uh, it, yeah, I mean, he's he's clearly he clearly does not have enough, you know, forward momentum to be able to go. <laughs> no, like, no. I, as I was watching, I was like, I think this, I think the angle of this ramp is a little pointed, a little too high. Yeah, maybe. Like maybe, if you bring maybe. if you bring it down, because it was just it's one of those like it's not poorly built. <laughs> no, it just wasn't envisioned with the like. It's just like oh, Rico does good work. He's gonna these yeah. ramps are not gonna fall apart on you. I mean, for what you're paying Rico, which is nothing, yeah. basically. Yeah. It's like I don't even know where you got the materials for this. Right. What does Rico even do during the day? <laughs> it's like no one here seen. I mean, like the only job that anybody has is Dave works. Dave. Part -time, yeah. Dave works part time at an ice skating rink. <laughs> yes. And I can't imagine that that's paying a lot. No, probably not. <laughs> oh shit! But I, I did enjoy the setup of that, and you know, like the whole like he he goes to jump. Uh, Kevin's missing. Uh, you see Rico and Dave, you know, like they're doing their job trying to get everybody out of the pool and Rico's ramps are, you know, for me, like they look pretty good. Oh yeah. Uh, you, you could probably find some structural issues with it. I'm sure. Um, you know, may, maybe math wasn't employed much at all. <laughs> I, I but, do like that. He has that he's, he's going around the pool. It's like, yep, it's a regulation size. Right. Right. I'm like, I love the fact too, that he's wearing like a ducky, he's that, like he's life got preserver. around. <laughs> Like you can't really swim. Oh god, little touches like that. Just He's and he shoves a kid into the pool, doesn't he? Yeah. Is it then or oh, is it later? Sure. 
Uh, it has to be right there. It has to be right there. Because I just remember, I remember looking. I think it was when he's talking to Denise, and he looks over, and like Rico just shoves a kid in the pool. And it's just when I was like, because in in that moment, Rico and Dave really remind me of uh, Billy Madison's two friends, uh, Frank and whatever, like Norman yeah. Dell and the other guy. Where right. it's just like and the bigger, the fatter guy. Yeah, yeah and because and when they're in the parking lot and they're they're doing their dance, you're just like, yeah, who are these guys? I Where don't did they know. come from? I don't know. Like, I, but they're, I could, they're like perfectly choreographed to two oh, hearts. <laughs> I could, I could really like. I'm glad that they didn't give us backstory because it yeah. makes it to where you could make it whatever you want. You can make it whatever you want. But right? like, I, I envision that like Rod and Dave were friends in high school. Yeah, and they just clicked and they just you know they stayed friends. Like you know, Rod's always been himself, and Dave was just like, hey man, that seems super cool. Is it cool if we right, hang out as a cast right. room, and then, like, right. I feel and like who knows Rico, where they met Rico. I don't. I feel know, like man. Rico's just like a guy that showed up one day. They were doing stuff, and they didn't yeah. tell him to leave. Rico was a guy who hung out at the skating rink all the time, yeah. and they just sort of became friends, you know. And just one day, he was like, "You who shitheads, what are you doing?" <laughs> I'm like, "We're gonna right. go jump something." I just found Why? some fireworks like, in the bathroom. <laughs> all right, I'm coming with. I'm like, okay. I want to find that hamburger stand and hang out there. Like, oh, that would be so great. Oh, I would totally put it in order as Voltron. <laughs> What's Why the name of the order? Voltron. I don't know. It's super is your name badass. Voltron? Uh, I don't know. Maybe because it's super badass. Green I love, with jealous. I love it too. Rain. Later, like Rod, like asks that waitress out Kathy. to make Denise jealous, and then Rod's like, "Oh man, I'm like super green with envy right now." <laughs> He's so like jealous of Rod. <laughs> I am green with jealous rage right now. Yes. I love that little line. It's so great. Because he's got this big smile on his face. That all any of them, like that waitress, is like she hates. She hates. She's like, oh, the fact that I have to put up with you every day is so obnoxious. (laughs) Okay, so like, so the next scene, so like, Kevin is is absent. They're not really sure why Kevin's not there. Denise shows up. She shows her support for Rod, and um, you know, Rod of course fails the stunt. And he, on his way home, you know, he, he rolls up and, uh, it turns out Frank is sick. Uh, we learned that Kevin missed because, um, Frank is sick and he's having, I didn't understand this. Were they having like a Frank is sick party? Yeah, it was, it was a little <laughs> bit weird because it was like, everybody was there. Yeah. There were people there eating like finger foods. Yeah. It was like, like this feels like a wake, but he's not dead. I know. I love that so much. You don't see these people ever again, but they're just sort of there eating food as Kevin is just in the lap of Frank and he's petting him on the back. And the the implication (laughs) is that they've known this for quite some time. Oh, for sure. And it's like, Like, but not like from Rod. (laughs) But it's like, why why did they decide to have a party? (laughs) Why did you keep fighting Rod? Like know. if your heart is bad, it's like no. I'm just gonna keep. I'm gonna throw ninja stars at him. I'm gonna beat him with these <laughs> these rods. Rhodesian like, fighting. Sticks. The Rhodesian fighting. I was like, yeah. It's like I got a bad heart, but I'm still gonna kick this kid's ass. Uh, oh shit. So yeah, we at this point we learn that Frank is he needs a heart transplant. He needs fifty thousand dollars. And uh, you know, Rod being the guy that he is. He takes it upon himself to raise the money. And that's where the movie, that, that's like the point of the movie. 
And I love, you know, like I say, like there's all kinds of funny, like little scenes where Rod says he's going to kick the shit out of him. He's like, I'm going to get you better and then I'm going to beat you to death. Like there's all kinds of quotes just like that. And there's a great one right at the end of the movie where I have to read it word for word. I wrote it down. But he, Rod's upset. You know, he, he, he loves Frank. He's upset that Frank is dying. And he runs off to his quiet place. I have to go to my that. quiet place. <laughs> you get this weird kind of. Uh, we got another. No, this isn't a Europe song. This is this is the song that they use from Footloose. Yes, you kind of get this weird foot because it was montage. very it was very Footloose esque. <laughs> yes, like Where the Rod Chris shows Penn <laughs> yes. dancing that whole montage, even you, like you the smoking to... <laughs> the cigarette. Yes. <laughs> And drinking the whiskey or that's, whatever. <laughs> it's like it's so out of place and it's so great at the same time. It is fantastic. But you get to see Rod's skills as a dancer and a gymnast. The dice. <laughs> the dice move is great. Holy shit. And then, of course, it all ends where Rod falls down a really big hill. <laughs> oh, it's, it's one of so the greatest. Great. One of the greatest scenes. And uh, apparently, when they were writing the script for this movie or they were, they were talking about, you know, like their storyboarding it, I guess they just literally wrote the longest fall in movie history. Like they just wrote that. Like we just want to have the longest fall in movie history. And And it works so well. It does. The way that Rod's body falls throughout the, the hill, like it's, it's like any, it's like a classic Will Ferrell thing where, you know, like it's fall, fall, fall. It's funny. It's funny. It's not funny. It's taken a long time. Okay. It's funny again. You know, like it just, it was so very, long. it was very reminiscent of Chris Farley in uh, black sheep. Oh, right. Right. Which was, but there which, are scenes where like, he looks like he's being fired sideways out of a cannon. Yes. Like it's not even like a natural fall. No, that, and I think, I think that's what really differentiates is like each time they cut to a new, location in this fall it was like it was a different style of him falling yeah yeah, and that's a real stud man they were using wires and stuff i think at one point but that's actually a real stud man and i I just love that scene it's great and then of course when he falls down at the end he's inspired by the sign one one big jump. jump yep so from there uh we get to the scene where rico is doing the high fives (laughs) <laughs> he's just like going between Rod. He's just going between um, Kevin and and Dave, and he just ends it with like, and that's how it's done. <laughs> I love that shit. I love Danny McBride's choices in the movie, um, and I love that I love Akiva's editing choices. You know, like yes. I feel like there might have been more to that scene, but he just sort of chose to show that last part. That's well. Like, that's uh, one of their uh, that's uh, one uh. of their things they do really well is like they start a joke in the middle. So like yeah. the, the implication uh, is, is like there's so many comedians that use implication at the end to get the laugh. But like yeah. they turn that on its side and that's what I think really makes some of their signature stuff unique is, is like, okay, the, the beginning of this is implied. We're already in the middle of it and you get to the end and you get a laugh. Yes. But you have to be like, okay, you have to put in the beginnings like, here guys, let me show you how I'm like, and I, I just I love that because it is it's just different. It is, and I, and it's an editing choice I feel like. And I, I just I wrote down all these things like that just don't make sense to me. It's like, why is there so much Europe in this movie? 
what what's with Rico's dreams where he's talking about like having sex the with wizards. all of the little wizards wives <laughs> you know the Rico's high five demonstration the hundred jelly beans in a row Dave's bench grinding the bathroom and why is it nuts like they don't ever talk about it <laughs> no it's just uh, it's just all these little throwaway things yeah what's with Jonathan's obsession with Sully <laughs> yes <laughs> why is Frank so terrible to Rod and like you know, why does what's with Rico's green tea? And what the fuck is fiscal jackhammer mean? <laughs> Operation Fiscal Jackhammer. I, I just love all those like little weird things. Just don't seem to make any sense. And as you said, it's like you're in the middle of the joke. You're coming in at the end of it. And I, I think because like to me, the thing that I feel like differentiates this a little bit from a, a Napoleon Dynamite is like Napoleon Dynamite is one of those movies that everybody saw. Yeah. And only half the people liked because it, it's right. one of those movies like you either loved it or you hated it. Oh, and yeah. so like you could if you walked into a room and uh, and you go, hey, Napoleon, give me some of your tots. Half the people <laughs> would look up at you and would start smiling because they get the reference and they like it. Right. And half the people just roll their eyes like oh, that roll their so eyes. Stupid. Yeah. Like, oh, you like Napoleon <clears throat> Dynamite. <laughs> if you if you walk into a room and you go, you guys, the bathroom here is nuts. <laughs> 15% of the people like would look two up at out you. Of, right, yeah. like two out of 100 people are going to laugh their ass they're, off. They're going to know exactly what you're talking about. So it's like, it's yeah. it's that Napoleon Dynamite level of funny, but it's yeah. for a much more exclusive audience. Yeah. And it just totally works. I love that you get the scene where a Denise is initiated into the crew. Like Rod, like his way to impress Denise with his manly prowess is to just beat the shit out of the hammering engine, with the engine. The, like like a tiny hammer. Yeah, I was like, let me get this ball peen hammer and just beat the shit out of an engine. While he's wearing a Hulkamania, the shirt. Hulkamania shirt just makes it. It's like, oh yeah, I love it. You are that's a his personification man. of manliness. Is yes, beating up a beating up an engine block. Oh hey Denise, didn't even see there. Right. Funky fresh. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, he gets her involved. Uh, I, I love how they just don't, you know, like the, you know, like it's crazy, you know, like he just like pours the, you know, slushy on her shoes and she's in. Like, I, Denise, I mean, there's no way that she should be into this. No. You know, she's way too cute and pretty and successful. <laughs> but she's, I like her explanation though, towards the end. Yes. Where that- she's, it fits. Like, I'm glad it they does. added that scene because she's like, you know, like everyone else grew up and sold out, but you stayed the same. And, you know, I could see how, like, if you're in your, like, late 20s, early 30s, like, that would be in a really attractive thing. Yeah. So, well, because people, people, you know, at that point in your life, people have, you know, the people that haven't, you know, already kind of paired off and figured out what they're doing with their lives they're they're a little bit disenfranchised with what the world has to offer because it's like oh yeah. you go out there and you see so many people that are you know oh they're this or they're that it's like oh I thought it was gonna be this but then it turned out to be something else sure and you get somebody sure, like sure. Rod you're like this guy's legit yeah and he's too legit he's too legit to quit <laughs> but now he's not legit so he must quit right I love that was like a Seth Meyer bit actually. yes really good. Um, but sure, I, I like that. You know, it's like you know, like when you're growing up and you can take two paths. You can take the path of you know, let's just let's. I want to make as much money as possible, 
I want to do all of these things. I want to have the house in the suburbs and the picket fence and all that yep. shit. Or, or, or I can take the path of less money, and I'm I'm true to who I am. You yeah, know? and that's what Rod is, and she she likes that. She's attracted to that, and ultimately that's why she ends up with him. So, <clears throat> I. This point of the movie, it's got like a series of really silly like montages, like Rod's getting in shape for the jump. Yes. I don't understand why a lot of these are, you know, like why they're getting him in shape for a lung jump. strength thing. There's yeah, there's holding your breath in the in the little kiddie pool for forty um, seconds. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they got the bell, and he he's like walking to the middle. <laughs> I love that he holds onto that bell as he's walking out to the middle. Like it's the same height, yeah, throughout the pool, you know. But yeah, you got that scene and the and the scene with with Dave's sister and like little hey little girl, you know. I don't want that cherry flavor that upsets my stomach. You know? Don't tell me how to live. You know, like some good Rod stuff going in here. Yes, and you got the whole Rod. You know, goes down a hill on his back for you know oh, because G forces, I guess. My safe this, word will be is, whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> Saying what? What way? <laughs> and I like that they follow the like WH until he gets to the will. Yeah. <laughs> I will. I will. will. <laughs> and apparently that was, uh, I think that was inspired by like an album or something I read. Like a, like a hip hop album. There's like a bit where they do that. And I've also seen that bit done on Family Guy. So like. Yeah. Um, it, it's been done. Will so. Wheaton. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> cool whip. Um, Danny McBride solidifies his place in my comedy hall of fame oh, in this scene. My so favorite in the whole movie. Rod is out of control. He slams into a trailer violently. Like I love that. And, like he crashes through the whole damn trailer, and then it just like smashes the dude. <laughs> he, the windows he on the other the side. Trailer. Yes. This redneck comes out and he's like, Who one of you is getting your dick all smashed? <laughs> and Rico stands up and just goes to He just comes action. around the corner and just nails him in the nuts and just decks him. <laughs> With a vicious right-handed hook. Oh. It just devastates this fucking guy. And I wrote down the quotes. I'm freaking pumped. I've been drinking green tea all goddamn day. And then he just goes, woo, woo. <laughs> God, I go to church every goddamn Sunday. <laughs> You're going to bring the demons out of me. <laughs> and then at one point, he just yells trash and hits the dude with a trash can. Because <laughs> they're all like, no, not the trash. Not the trash. He's just dumping trash on the guy. He's dumping trash all oh. over him. And then finally, he grabs the dude's ball cap. It's my hat now. It's totally my hat. This is totally my hat. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I I've watched that scene probably a hundred or times or more oh, on YouTube. Easily, it is so funny, and it you know I read those lines just in the way that I did. But Rico, it, it's that explosiveness, oh. you know. <laughs> he's just he's a ball of rage. There's something wrong with with, Rico. with a little bit of a southern drawl to it. Yes. And it just, oh, God. the whole thing just. When he's, when he kicks the dude in the nuts and like right hooks him. Oh my God. It's so violent. It just, it, it what I love is it takes this scene. Cause you've already, you've, you've had that reaction to Rod hitting the side of the camper. 
Which is and, hilarious. And so, like, you feel like that's supposed to be, that's the the, yes. the abrupt part of it. They, and they're going right. to pull up and like, oh, they're going to pull them off the ground and that's the scene. But then, like, you have One this continuation. One you your dick all smashed. And it's just, yeah, it's like this whole thing just, like, they said, okay, how do we take this? And then increase. No, like we, we can just, go. We can go further. We're going to explode it out by fifty percent and just make this whole other confrontation that you weren't expecting at all, and just make it explosive. Feels and then trash. Yeah, and then because like the you would think. Ugh. I mean, especially because in other parts of the movie where you see. Like, oh, there's going to be some trouble or, oh, something's going on. Rico yeah. kind of makes this mad dash to get out of there. It's like, oh, yeah. I don't want to I don't want to deal with the yeah, consequences Yeah, he's like, peace, I'm out of here. Like, yeah. the cops show up. And, he but jumps like this, into action. Like, he this, doesn't he just, hesitate. Yeah, it's like, snap, <laughs> boom. I'm just, like, this guy comes out in I've been full. green tea all goddamn day. And, like, that's, like, that's a thing. Like, oh, yeah, green tea is known for its aggressive properties. Oh man, this guy's been drinking green tea all day. He's gonna lose it. <laughs> he does. God, I go to church every goddamn Sunday. <laughs> it's like he's what? like, like there's these things that just plague him, and he tries desperately to keep it bottled up with with just gr- with green tea and church. It's like, oh, I'm gonna do whatever I can to keep this rage bottled up. Oh my but god! No, the this first guy- time I saw that, I died. I, I just I, died. I love I it every time. Laughing. It's every time I watch it. It is. It's, it's phenomenal. Like, that, I think that's when I was like, that's the sign of a fan. <laughs> just a scene, a memorable scene. Because like, I watch this on its own a hundred times and laugh every time. For for most movies, you got like that Fandango, you know, like where you yep. know, it's like one of ten, two of ten. Yep. You can find that scene if you do a Google search for it for oh. Hot Rod. It's it's one of the scenes, and it's the whole entire scene from from you know the whiskey whiskey yeah the whole thing the whole you, thing. yeah it's that that movie summed up in a scene yeah it's like if you if you was like no i can't handle it i don't have if that makes you laugh then you gotta yeah. check this movie you'll watch this movie. if you watch that scene and you don't die <sighs> laughing then i'm sorry that you just hate life that much god i love danny mcbride i mean it was so good he was funny to me up until that point but that scene just so and of course from there you got the whole like Two of Hearts, where they're just sort of celebrating, I yes. guess, afterwards in the parking lot of the, the you know, whatever that is, the Wawa or the, you know, the... Yeah, it had some... I yeah. remember looking at it, it's got like some really <laughs> random name. Yeah, whatever that's meant to be, you know, like when you're like a teenager and you're hanging out at the Circle K, you know, like it's, they're, you know, like one of them owns the van. I don't know whose van that is. It feels like a Dave thing, but... It does. Uh, or it could be Rico. Could be the Rico. food. Food folks. That's what's called. <laughs> food folks. Food folks. Okay. Yeah, it's like what? So- but you get this other really great scene where they're like dancing in unison, like the crew is just doing yes. their thing, and then, um, you got like, where I think this is the scene where Rod meets Jonathan. Is this the yep. scene or no? Yeah, this I'm is because sure. Jonathan pulls up because he's talking to. Uh, Denise and he's like, oh, I got something I want to ask you. And then Jonathan pulls up and she introduces him because she gets in his car. Now, was like, oh, the Rod- bathroom here is nuts seen before or after this? Uh, I, I think it was before. Oh, it might be the no, same no, no, it's, scene, it's, actually. It's, um, There's a lot happening in this scene. <laughs> I think it's it's after this because this is when because Rod finds out that Denise is with Jonathan. Yeah. 
because yeah. it's the next scene. Then he goes, um, so what's the deal with uh, you and Jonathan? And so she's yeah. like, yeah, no, all relationships have their ups and downs. And then Dave's comes over and says, you guys, the bathroom here is nuts. Right, right. And then Rod and gets that, up. I love that scene. Like, I don't know. It's, it's like another one of those, like, it's just out of nowhere. And Dave says it in that great Bill Hader voice. Oh, it, you're just and, like, what? The bathroom here is And they don't talk nuts? about it. They no. don't talk about it. And things have happened in that bathroom. Like, I, presumably it's the same bathroom that Rico found the fireworks in. Well, like, I think that's the thing is, like, it's not like a new place for them. Yeah. Like, that's where they always hang out. And it's like this revelation in how he just, he's like, you guys, the bathroom here is nuts. Right. And it's like, what makes it any different than any other day that we've been here? Yeah. But you're right. It's like that same scene, I think, is where... You know, we meet Jonathan, uh, Rod asks out the waitress uh, to to go out, and they, they're going to have a double date. And then, you know, like, you got the whole day of, like, I'm just green with jealous rage right yeah. now. <laughs> um, and then, you know, when they go out on the date is where you get to meet, you know, like, Will Arnett gets to shine a little bit. You you learn about his obsession with Sullivan. Yes. Who I guess is like his old college pal or something. I don't know what he is. It gives off that very distinct. Like they feel like frat brothers. He's like, no way, Sully. And then like Sullivan, like that actor, like you see him kind of like go, huh. You know, like, and he goes, Sullivan, you chode. I owe you a shot in the nuts. <laughs> and it's, it's one of those where it's like, it doesn't feel like they live in a town large enough. <laughs> that he should be surprised that he ran into Sullivan. No, no. Like, it feels like he hasn't seen him in forever. And right. I'm like, you're at an Applebee's. Like, this. <laughs> or whatever that restaurant is, for like, sure. It doesn't Applebee's fe- is great. I could see that being an Applebee's. It doesn't feel like you guys should be, like, this disconnected. No way, Sullivan! What? I haven't seen him in, like, a decade. It's like, really? Because I feel like you saw him last week. Well, because that's the thing, right? Because, like, all of these actors are, what, in their 30s at least. Yeah. But they all seem like kids. Like, yeah. They, they, you know, like, they're riding around town on their bicycles in, in between scenes. Like, Denise and Rod and every one of them. Like, none of them. Like, Rico or one of Bill or, or, or Dave, they, they – I think that's Rico's van. That's got to be Rico's van. Because I feel like Dave rides around lives. on the banana board. Yeah, that's where Rico lives for sure. It's like Dave 100%. has – Dave I'm lives at home it. with his mom and his little sister. Yeah. So yeah, that's what bench like, grinder. They got a garage. It feels like this is that's Rico probably lives in that van. <laughs> yes, but most of the time, like they live in like little kid bedrooms and like they're riding around on bicycles to get places. And uh, but but you know like th- those are old college pals, and uh, I I just love that scene. Like Rod, you know, like as you know, like he Will Arnett was like, "Don't you go ask go falling in love or some shit." As he goes off to Sullivan, and then, you know, you got that scene where Sh- Rod shows the picture. Like, we've seen this picture a couple of times already of Rod's dad. And I laugh at this picture, like, every time I see it, because it's like, well, first of all, he says, like, I, you want to see a picture of my dead dad? And he goes, he's super dead. He's like, super you know, dead. Like, <laughs> it's like, the like, picture doesn't necessarily <laughs> convey that. No. Because he was not super dead in the picture. But when he walk, he like scooches over to her side of the table, and he like slots this picture over, and it's this like black and white picture, and his dad is circled. <laughs> like, like, like there's who? evil Knievel. Like that's clearly there's two evil people Knievel. in the picture. <laughs> Let me point out my dad. 
and it says it's circle and it says dad with an arrow pointing <laughs> well, like, get rid of benefit any is that for <laughs> if you're thinking wait which one is oh, rod's dad he's probably not gonna tell me i love that so much that his picture is circled <laughs> but I, I i just dig that um so you get some after that scene you get some more silly like montage scenes of, of Rod doing some super Davy type things. You know, you are introduced in the fiscal jackhammer. Yes. Uh, where you get another bang in Europe song with rock the night, which I really enjoy. <laughs> uh, you know, like where they're, they're doing the, uh, I, I, well, I just want to talk about like, there's a couple of things like they're at a kid's birthday party and they're like in the barrel and it's locked. Yes. And Rico, Rico pulls out the gat and shoots the lock. Open. Bam. Bam. That's funny. That's funny in itself, and, like, you know, with Rod, you know, getting run over by the truck. But the thing that, like, I want to talk about the most is why would anyone pay a stuntman to sing for He's a Jolly Good Fellow atop a tower rigged with explosives? That gets blown up. (laughs) For the Pound Hall Plastics 8th Annual Employee Retreat. The Employee (laughs) Retreat. What is up with that? It's so messed up. And then, you know, like, of course, like, it blows. And, like, the guy's like, you're a terrible stuntman. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, shit. No, no, it was just really mean. Now, I, 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 that's, I, and that's, that's where I really appreciate, like, it's funny because, like, out of the entire movie, I feel like that's where you have to suspend the most disbelief. <laughs> Yeah. Because there's no reason anyone would ever hire them for anything. No, not at all. Like a responsible parent. I can parent see would like some kids paying, like the kids paid yeah. to see him get hit with the refrigerator. But like, <laughs> like that makes sense. That a tracks. mom hiring them for a birthday party. There's no way that would ever happen. <laughs> He's on fire. He's on fire. <laughs> and like the kids are beating him with a bat, and then uh, and then Kevin joins in. Yes. <laughs> no, Kevin. <laughs> Oh, shit. So, like, you know, they're doing all these montages, and all the while, Kevin's the videographer. He's the official videographer. He's filming all this shit. And Rod walks in, and he sees his little video of of Rod's greatest stunts. And he does the whole sound like, you're the next bubble Douglas Bubble Trousers. Like, I love that line. Like, I don't know what it means. I don't think it means anything, honestly. <laughs> I love that in Kevin's room... He has he has a movie poster up. Dude, I want to talk about Kevin's room, okay? Let's talk about Kevin's room. Kevin's room has all of these things. You ready? He has a karaoke machine. Yes. <laughs> he has dinosaur stickers all over one wall. <laughs> yes. He has a mobile over his bed of the solar system. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a bunk bed ladder propped up against the wall that leads to nowhere. <laughs> a giant fucking poster from the movie The Whoopie Boys. <laughs> yes. Just hanging on the wall. Plus another giant poster of some space shuttle mission patches. Massive fucking poster. He's got a very small poster of some penguins <laughs> just like randomly on the wall. More stickers of uh, just animals, just of shit, and more planets. And I, I, I paused it. I looked in his closet. There's like a toy barn in there. Nice. There's a fucking aquarium. <laughs> There's just like an aquarium in there. 
There's a 14 by 20 poster of the bar bill, which is like a painting of a duck drinking a martini. <laughs> what the fuck is happening? <laughs> all the stuffed animals. All the stuffed oh, animals that he's Jesus singing Jesus Christ. And I, I'm just like wondering, like they refer to them as kids throughout the movie and stuff. I'm like, are these supposed to be kids? Oh, jeez. I, I love Kevin's room. It's so great. <laughs> but... But you do, you get, Rod gets the idea of taking the video and to, I guess, complete the money that they need for the jump. They're like, let's, let's do a screening of my greatest hits. And, uh, I, I, one of the others, there's, there's several scenes that like, I just love, but I also watched the Richardson scene where the bass is pumping, you know, where he's throwing the flyers. (laughs) <laughs> it's another clip you can find pretty easy in YouTube, but it's it's real short, and it's just him like throwing flyers at people and then doing the pelvic thrust dance. I really I really love that. Right before he shows Rod, he's like, "Hey, what are you working on?" And right before he shows him the video, <laughs> he's got the two dogs, and yes. he's like, "Oh, that's another thing I'm working on for mom." And he's like, "Yeah, because mom's into that kind of stuff. <laughs> mom likes that." <laughs> They're both in agreement. And it's it's just, it's when I was like, it's so ridiculous. It's clearly Kevin's entirely embarrassed. And yes. Rod's just like, yeah, that mom's totally into that. <laughs> mom's into that. <laughs> like, and you, she must be. Like, yes. This is the most, like, I love those. Like, that's, that's what I, those are like the sprinkles on top of it. Just these, yes. you never know when you're just going to get this moment of ridiculousness. <laughs> right. That it's just, and it's just for a moment. It's just this. They're little everywhere. Throwaway they're thing. everywhere. Yes. In 88 so minutes, great. they're just all over the place. I mean, even as uh, he's walking up, he's like, I do my laundry with no pants right, on. With no like, pants on. <laughs> like that, that was a choice. You decided to do it that way and make up he that did. little song. He did. And it's like, exactly. I don't know why, but it's funny. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, so, like, yeah, so they, they decide to do the thing and they, they, they do the screening and they hire, you know, like they're, they're charging people to come see the video and it, it just doesn't go well. The The video doesn't go as planned. And, um, Rod freaks out because he's embarrassed and everyone thinks it's a joke. And he, he destroys the, the projector like you'd mentioned earlier on because he's, he's so dedicated, you know. He just he can't, he can't believe that people don't take him seriously. Yeah. And all the money that they'd earned doing the, you know, stunts with the kids and the Rugrats and all that shit, like they, you know, he has to give that up. Yeah, because Kevin, Kevin has projector. just told him. We hit five. That like they hit their mark. They needed to be yes. able to put put it down to do the the one big jump. So they're like, all right, yes. we're at the point where we can put together the jump, and then right. all of that's just gone. All of it's gone. They're done. They're back to back to you know step one. And at that point, Rod just gives up. You know, he he decides to break up with the team. Uh, he he, you know, he goes to shop at the the grocery store, and he's just got like a. A shopping, shopping cart, cart filled full of liquor. liquor bottles. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? Love. Grocery shopping. You got some really good shit where, you know, like the you'd mentioned before, like, look what you're doing to look what you're doing to Dave. You know, you're you're making tears come out of my face. Who am I gonna supposed to build ramps for? <laughs> Who am I supposed to build ramps for now? <laughs> They're just so emotional it. about it. He is exactly but so restrained at the same time. Mm-hmm. And then Rod does the I used to be legit speech, which is pretty awesome to, to Denise. Yes. 
Um, and he's got his polo shirt buttoned all the way up with a tie. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's just so funny, all of like, it. And that's, that's a very just, Napoleon Dynamite. Very like That stuff is very Napoleon Dynamite. And the, he, the fashions. That's his idea of what an adult would what wear. What an adult, like, I'm, yeah. I have to be an adult now. I have to be an adult now and buy liquor to fill a shopping cart. Yep. <laughs> uh, so after that, Dave calls Rod in the middle of the night where he'd injured himself. Really bad. Yes. <laughs> and I love, he's like, hey, man, you think you could possibly do me this big favor and come take me to the hospital? <laughs> and the, the montage is awesome. You know, he's like, you you get to see Akiva. Yes. You know, where they're doing the, like, what happened? What happened to Dave exactly? He's like, I got this Do you acid. want this acid? <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess I'll do it. And I love that, like, Akiva puts on the hat, the baller yes. cap, and just slides out of frame. Slides out of frame. <laughs> The Dave's it's on his so banana great. board just weaving in and out of people yeah. in slow motion. Yes, yes. It's so good. And then, you know, he has the horrible bench grinding accident. He's The metal goes up into his face. Uh, he, and he, he has, like, a heart-to-heart with, with Rod and tells him how he feels. And, you know, like, you, know, you love your dad. And he, he, he basically just inspires him to rethink his decision yeah. about quitting being a stunt fan. And at that point, Rod... He's like back in. He goes into Kevin's room, and you get that cool beans thing. Which oh, the cool beans! <laughs> cool beans is great because they, they, you know, they're kind of. They said some shit. They're you know upset with one another. Kevin tells Rod that you know like, well, hey, uh, I know that things didn't go out well, but or turn out well, but I uploaded this video to YouTube, and it's got like millions of hits, and like the was it the AM radio station that yes. calls him up. And is like interested in sponsoring a telethon to help raise money for Rod's jump. But the cool beans thing is great. Like, and I love that that got that was originally was taken out. Um, Akiva had he he took it out. I guess like the people at Paramount weren't crazy about it, but Adam and and Jorma edited that whole thing, and they were they loved it. And at the last minute, they screened the cool beans. And it got really positive reaction, so they put it yeah. in at the last minute. And I'm so glad they did, because the Cool Beans is very Lonely Island. Yeah, like, if you didn't know it was missing, you you wouldn't miss it. But knowing that we have it, if they had taken yeah. that out, I'd be like, oh, that makes me sad. Because it, it is, that's one of those calling cards, like, when you like when you ask somebody, like, hey, have you ever seen Hot Rod? Like, 90% of the time, somebody's going to go, Cool Beans. Cool beans, yeah. Because it is, it's like, that's cool. like. Cool be- 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 beans. Beans, beans, beans. And it's it's just out of nowhere, and it's it's like that little sprinkles that you'd mentioned yes. earlier. It, it's just it's so hot rod, it's so lonely island. But you know, for for plot, um, you know, like they're they're gonna do ex- like Chris Parnell. This is where Chris Parnell shows up in the movie. Fantastically, and he's, he he is so fucking great. He's, I mean, he's an SNL guy. Um, he, he co-starred with Andy in that first big Lazy Sunday sketch yep. with the Chronicles of Narnia. Uh, he was a part of the Natalie rap. Um, he's just a comedic gem. Like, he, he doesn't get any credit. He To me, he's like a poor man's sort of Phil Hartman. He, he yeah. plays that role really well. Like, he's kind of the straight man, but he's got this great sense of humor. Well, because one of the things that I really like about Chris Parnell is even when he was a lot younger and he was part of the Will Ferrell generation of Saturday Night Live back in the mm-hmm. late 90s, early 2000s. He's always looked like a dad 
Like he's always yeah. just had that look like he was a middle-aged guy. And so it's like fucking Jerry from <laughs> Yeah. And so like and it, the thing that's great is he has that look and feel about him, but like the comedy that he does it, it's it, it's weird because it's like it's almost like he's a dad playing younger mm-hmm. to where it's like no no, I'm still cool. I'm still with yeah. it. But like he yeah. was always funny to begin with. And so he was. It, like it really just kind of works because he knows he is a great comedian and he is a great sketch actor and comedic actor. Mm-hmm. So you know he's going to nail whatever it is, but it's like yeah. he adds that extra layer in of like, yeah. hey, I'm I could nail this on my own, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to pretend that I'm a dad kind of guy trying yeah. to do this. He's the he's the morning voice of the AM radio. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> with a very demonstrative tattoo <laughs> of FM in television. Uh, it, it's just he's he has like well he narrates the whole jump and he's phenomenal at that whole last scene. Uh, but yeah, that the part where they're meeting with him and he's sort of talking about how he wants to bring AM radio back to the top. And I love these like playing these like Jim Jam Jury, like Jubilee like songs, like in between like 1930s ragtime <laughs> yes. music. Like, like what? he's not even he's like, you know, like yeah, like AM radios we're, we we know what we are. <laughs> yeah. And what I I forget exactly what point he has that maniacal giggle. But that is just <laughs> That is one of the best Chris Parnell points he does, in the whole movie. It's like one of those things where like they, they kept rolling, but they decided yeah. to keep it. <laughs> and he just kept going. <laughs> right. It was right. like the Riddler from the old 60s Batman. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Good call. And that makes me laugh every single time, oh. too. So I don't want to skip past that too much, but I do want to get to one of my other, other absolute favorites yes. of the movie. And it's it's another one of those scenes that you can find easily on YouTube, and it's the it's the inspirational mont like the year the voice scene, the returning of the team, the coming back together. Yes, the triumphant returning of the team, and it's so good. It's like <laughs> it's the it's one of the highlights of the movie. You know, they it's it's the morning of the big jump. You know, we we see this montage of Rod joining his crew you know well before that even he's like out on the like lake doing tai chi and like you got the weird scene with the fisherman (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) just like like just pouring on the like baby oil (laughs) yes like rod's just like Like, doing his thing this is again it's like the sprinkles but you just got this great slow motion you know montage and Rod's joining his crew one by one. I guess they all live on the same street. I don't know. but For the purpose of this montage, they do. This great John Farnham, You're the Voice song, and it's playing along. And, you know, like, he sees, like, Kevin and then Rico and then Dave, and they're just kind of nodding at each other. And, you know, it's building up, and then the crowd is forming behind him, and they're, like, in town. And then, like, out of nowhere, this, like, fucking dude. Like, well, there's these, like, there's this trio of singers. <laughs> yes. It's like um, it's like an Asian guy and, like, a white lady and, like, black and a, guy. a black guy in a Hawaiian shirt. 
Yes, yes, again, like why? And they're just, it's so inspirational and like you get goosebumps. But then this dude comes out of nowhere and he just like throws a trash can through a window and like all this looting begins. And there's like firebombing of cars and like random strangers like having sex sideways. on top of it. It goes sideways so bad. And like there's like riot cops and like <laughs> beating people and like dudes and bagpipes are playing and there's like a guy in a wheelchair at one point that gets pushed out of his chair. <laughs> oh, it's such a good scene. <laughs> like whole cars are getting tipped over. Like the shit's just out of control. And they run off and like Rico's holding the team he said. <laughs> like what what was that? I'm like that I started out super positive. Right. Dave's like, it started out super positive, man. Like, Rico's like, I know, man. Like, you didn't have any time except to get out of there safely. He's like, hold Pray that everyone was okay. (laughs) Yes. But I'm like, wondering, like, what's this scene about? Does this scene mean anything? Because there there are so many parts of the movie where there's, you know, there's there's inside and, you know, jokes going on, like the Hoobastank. Like, that's an inside joke. Yes. Hoobastank's totally an inside joke. Right, but this here, okay, so like I think the purpose of this scene, so John Farnham does the song, right? Yes. And apparently, like, you know, there there's like a total Napoleon Dynamite vibe, but apparently the movie that inspired them more than anything, they loved the movie Rad, that BMX yes, bike movie. the 80s BMX movie, From yes. what I read, yeah. So like, that makes sense. So they were sense. big fans. They were big fans of the movie Rad. At one point, like, one of the characters is even wearing, like, a shirt from the movie Rad. And it really does make sense because, you know, like BMX biking, like if you're of the age of these guys and I'm, I'm among them, you know, like BMX biking in the eighties was like big. Yeah. That was a huge thing. It was a huge thing. And like before skateboarding took hold, BMX biking was big and everybody wanted to be BMX BMX is what people like, cause you, you had skateboarding on the coasts. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But BMX was big across the middle of America cause that's true. That's where people could do it. Yes. That's true. That's true. You didn't need a sprawling concrete land, like urban yeah. landscape. You just you know, had like your you, bike you in just, the streets. You had your bike in the streets. You had like these rural tracks of dirt where yep. you could kind of like ride on. Like you know, we all we all did it. I know I did it. So they they were they were trying to do like an homage to Rad, and I was looking up like Rad had like three or four John Farnham songs in it, but not, but none of them were the voice. And they had like all these Europe songs. And I'm like wondering is there must be a parallel to that. There had to have been, there's gotta be, there's gotta be. Cause that, that was a great song for the scene. <laughs> I love that. And I haven't seen rad in a long time, but I want to go back and watch it. Cause like that it, movie had some great songs. It did. Like, the send me an angel song where they're like doing the, dance on bikes scene oh and it's i mean like it's a total like if you're in that like i'm i'm hungry for a little 80s nostalgia you pop in rad and that just takes you right back my buddies and i back in the like mid eight mid to late 80s rented that a lot we all loved rad such a good movie so i don't know I, i was just Doing a little bit of deep thinking on that and thinking, like, what what is the connection? Well, like, it, it seems so specific, that whole thing. It You know, like, a lot of the movies random and fun, but that felt very specific to me. I don't know <clears throat> what it was. Like, I, I, I picture them, because, like, okay, the, you, you get to the point where it's like, all right, we're getting towards the end of the movie. And we, we already yeah. know in the end of the movie we're going to have the big jump. 
Right. And we've we've got we've got the what carries us from the second to the third act of the film. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, Rod has given up on his dreams. Right. And then we have this moment with him and Dave where he's rethinking it and he comes back and you know, and he decides, you know what, I need to make things right with Kevin. You get the cool bean scene. It was like, all right. Yeah. Like they gotta have this they gotta have this bridge from all right, we're we're gonna do this to the doing of it. And so you have It gives this, me literal like goosebumps watching yeah, that scene. Like it's really effective. It it does it does have that um, when you go back to, cause that, that was a big thing in the eighties. Mm-hmm. Um, and even in early nineties where you have that, like, all right, somebody's going to do, all right, they're they're They've decided to come. They're not giving up. They're going to do the big thing. And here's this, here's this big emotional song. That's going to carry us in this, you know, kind of like, Oh, the ballad. Up. Yeah. yeah the ballad we got to have like a big eighties ballad to, to wrap things yeah. up here. It's like, it gets, all right. And we have everybody coming together. It's like, all right, here's this guy from the team. Oh yeah. That guy's coming back. And they're like, Oh, oh I look, love it. They're, they're like nodding they're, to each other. It's yes. so good. It's <clears> so good. And so they took that. And in what they do with a lot of their comedy is they just subvert the expectation. Like, okay, you know, the joke starts off. It's like, you know, right. they're aware Super that positive. the whole town right. <laughs> is joining <laughs> yes. in with them. They're like, why is everyone joining in with us? This is really kind of weird. Like, there's this right. meta joke to it. And they do. Like, they look behind them like, well, this is <laughs> <Like>, weird. <laughs> like, why is the town following us? So you have this 80s trope where it's like, that was just the thing. It's like, yeah, the whole town would rally behind. Like, all right, Jimmy's gonna do it. He's gonna, right. he's gonna fight for the kids. <laughs> he's gonna make the dystrophy. big jump. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like it's something. You're like, oh yeah, this is because his little brother he's got cerebral palsy, so he's gonna win the check for cerebral palsy. And oh yeah, the town's gonna rejoice, and we're all gonna go to McDonald's. <laughs> that old fucking chest. Uh, yeah. like, that's that's how it always. And so it's like, all right, he's he's going. He's gonna do the big jump. It's gonna be so cool. It's gonna be awesome. It's like, all right, the town's right. It's like, whoa, this is weird. Like people haven't done this since the '80s. And then it's like, yes, for them, it's like, how do we take that? And then turn it on its side. It's like, well, we oh, turn it, turn it, it on a its riot. head. That's what we time. do. We turn that whole thing. We take that that eighties <laughs> trope and we right. turn it into a gigantic riot. Yes. And it's like that. Yes. <laughs> that's how oh. that makes sense to me. It, and it it happens so fast. And they don't they don't linger on it too. Like it no. just then they're just they're just out of it. They run away. And then even just the like the implication because I think it's like one scene you see. Like Rico's standing there, and then like they cut, and then he's holding a TV. He's holding a TV, and, and you're like, okay, clearly Rico is part of the rioting. <laughs> yes, but like, and that and, fits. That fits Rico. Yes, it totally does. <laughs> and it was like, but it's just this one, and he's got like this, like, yeah, all you could do is just get out of there and pray that everyone was okay. And he's just this, this. No one ever questions empathy. that he's holding no. a TV. <laughs> and then they just cut away to the. It's like, okay. Clearly, Rico oh. participated in the riot. He was <laughs> he looting with everyone else. So it's like As just, Rico would. It's one of these. Where it's like okay, it's it's not meant to be this secretive little like. Oh, hey, did you catch Rico is holding it? He's like that's very much the joke, and they want you to see yes. it. They want you to yes. understand it. They yes. just don't want to have to tell you this is the joke. It, it's the anatomy of the joke. It's really, yeah. it's brilliant. It's and brilliant. I, I think I think that's one of the things that bugs me about people that down on stuff like this, South Park, stuff like that. It's like, okay, there's guys that do, I mean, like the funny for a lot of it is dick and fart jokes and you right. know, just being stupid right. and immature. But like some of this stuff is like, okay, 
when you're implying stuff and when you're applying comedy the way these guys do in certain respects, it's like there's a surgical yeah, yeah there's kind a, there's of an exactness to what they're trying to do here to make a joke right. work right. But you know that's their fault. You know, like they they can't get past that. Yeah, that's that's, that's their problem. Not if you just see this as a that. stupid, goofy comedy, and you're like, ah, see it if you want to waste an hour and a half of your life. It's like, no, there's there's merit. I mean, like these guys didn't just say, hey, let's go be idiots for ninety minutes. Yeah, it's like there's and, I mean, and part of the next scene lends to that whole. Oh thing. yeah, <laughs> I gotta talk about the no babe no. Yes. <laughs> so. At this point, Rod has made he made his way to towards doing the jump, and the AM like everybody's listening to AM radio evidently in this town. It's just a huge <laughs> phenomenon. <laughs> yes. So Denise learns that well, it, it, earlier in the movie, Rod calls Denise or tries to, and Jonathan answers her phone, and he's like, "Hey, I'm jumping." He's letting her know that he's back to being a stunt man, and he doesn't tell her. And she finds out, and like you know, the, they're riding in his Corvette, and he like hits a raccoon. It's a raccoon, <laughs> and he gets so excited about it. He does. <laughs> and, and he mentions Sully again. He's like, "Oh, I'm gonna tell Sully about that. He's gonna he's gonna be so stoked." And I'm just like, "What?" Like, oh, Sully, I gotta tell you, we were driving earlier, and I totally hit a raccoon. And Sully's gonna be like, "You hit a raccoon? That's so, so fucking, awesome, dude, dude! That is so Sully and Jonathan. I gotta tell oh. you." <laughs> but yeah, so she finds out about it, and she just like tells him to pull over, and he's like, "It's it it's it's oh, I love it. It's infamous. It's the no babe no. We've since the podcast started, we've done the clip numerous times." Of of Will Arnett st- sitting up oh. in his car, and they're just like it's perfect. He's like they're like parked outside of a, a grocery store or some like like a CVS. Store. He's like yeah, I'm gonna run here. Yeah, because he stopped to get vitamin like, some, water. Yeah, he wants to get a vitamin water and some dong bags. <laughs> yeah, I love that line because like he, that's where like I feel like he just really cements himself as a total yes. douche. As like he douche. just embraces the douche moment there. It's like I might yeah. pick up some dong bags so we can knock boots later. What do you think about that? Like only a douche. That's I'm like no one else in the world would ever even think of saying that. Dong bags so we could knock boots. Want me to later. make it dose? Want me to make it dose vitamin waters? Oh. Turn Let's the get some flaming Dr. Peppers. <laughs> oh, there's the flavor. <laughs> oh. Will Will Arnett again? He he has like so little time in this movie, and he makes all the right choices. You're not just movie. you're not just moving your hand around in the air. Are you? You're you're actually writing this down. <laughs> right. Oh, you. <laughs> you're taking the note. Yeah. And then like so when Denise, when Denise she comes gets out of the, the car and she walks away, and then he oh. stands up and he does the no babe no no way. babe no. My favorite part of the whole bit is he's so he's so like dramatic and passionate like he's like hitting the seat and but but after he's like the no babe no wait he waits he pauses for like a second and you get that one last no way. no babe 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 <laughs> and there's like people in the background watching and not really registering what he's yeah. doing like i just love all of that oh my god i love i love will arnett i love that scene no babe no 
God, so great. Because like really, even sitting and th- th- you know breaking some of these th- these things down, it does really feel like a, I mean, like because there's notes of it to me that feel like you could attribute some of these things like Karate Kid and a, a lot of those movies where there was just like the 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 hero of the '80s movie was a teenage protagonist that you know did some you know. Oh, we're saying like Jonathan's Johnny, <laughs> one of, like where, where it's like, oh, he, you know, he's like the douchey guy. It's like, oh no, and like he's angry that he lost. He lost the the girl to, you know. Yeah. To, it's like there's a lot of those things where it's like there was that douchey guy that was with the really sweet girl. Yeah. yeah. And like the the kid who showed up from out of nowhere. It's like, oh, he's gonna do this really triumphant thing. You're like, why would that cause anyone? I was like, ah, I've realized that the guy that I'm dating is a douche. Right. I should go be with the kid that's going to jump 15 buses. Right. One so, more than evil can evil. Yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> I checked online. <laughs> it's such an 80s thing. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. These are my only two choices for romance. For Either sure. a total douche or a kid that drives a moped over 15 buses. <laughs> you got to pedal to get it started. It For me, it's just plain and simply one of the funniest one-off bits oh, it is. ever. And I'll forever love Will Arnett in a similar way that I just love. He's fantastic. He's he really is funny. Like Bojack Horseman is one of my favorite shows. Like it's he's awesome in that. He he really didn't get big until much later. Like it was a very very slow climb to yeah. you know success for Will Arnett. And well, he did have the Job bit. You know, like that that was early on, I guess. But, but that that opened doors for him. But even that, it's like. I don't feel like there were a lot of vehicles that really highlighted his his. And I did ability. really enjoy him in the Let's Go to Prison. He was really funny yeah. in that, which is a movie that 4KJ like turned me on to. I would have never, ever seen that movie. But he was like, you got to see this movie. It's really funny. And he's awesome in that, too. So, you know, Will Arnett is just, just a really great guy. Funny. Okay. Uh, so that, that does take us to the big jump. And there, there's a lot of stuff going on in this jump. You know... Rod is, he's got the new bike. You got the band, like the gown or whatever, the fictional band gown. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Like the lead singer's got the big puffy afro and the little pencil mustache and the fingerless gloves and shit. And I'll admit, I'm going to cop to this. Like, I thought that gown for for a long time was like, just like a cameo from the band Europe. Because I didn't, I don't know what Europe's been up to for the last 20 years. Not a lot. Uh, no, probably not. And but it, it turns out they're actually queens of the Stone Age. Like I didn't know that. I like, could see that. That makes that. I feel like that. It tracks. does. It it does. It tracks big time. But I I thought gown was Europe. But like they're rocking it. You know, like they're doing their song. Um, and you know, like Rico and you know, like they're all hugging and doing their presents. And Dave's like, I'm so nervous for you. <laughs> and like they're just having this big scene. I want to talk. I got. I got to talk about the the dedication to Frank. Like it makes me laugh so hard. And I'm just gonna read it. I wrote it down. So he grabs the microphone and he goes, "I dedicate this jump to all the fathers and father figures everywhere. I hope that in some small way, all of their sons manage to jump them. Frank, I'm gonna get you better, you old sack of shit, and then I'm gonna uncork the ass beating of a lifetime on you." <laughs> And you will respect me. Peace. <laughs> oh. oh, so damn good. 
so damn good. It gets you pumped for that jump, doesn't it? I I love I love the lead up to it too, where you have Sissy Spacek is a, at home on the couch with Ian mm-hmm. McShane. Yes, and you just because again, it's another one of those where it's like it's the middle of the joke, where you have right. the Asian reporter. She's like, and the dog walked <laughs> home, ate a pizza, yes. and took a nap. <laughs> right, and you're like what? Yeah, can I hear more about that? In other news, local stuntman Rod Kimball, and they're like, and so then Sissy Space like furiously goes to get the radio to crank it in, right? And then Chris right. Parnell's like, "Do you like? Um, what do you the, like stunts? Do you like do you stunts? like terminally ill stepfathers?" It's like, if you answered yes to either of those questions, then have we got something for you? Well, at the end of Rod's speech, he jumps in. He's like, Rod seems to clearly have some sort of issues with his stepfather. <laughs> That's just, Who like, doesn't? <laughs> and it's just, it's so great. <laughs> and he, he, like, he weighs in on so much in that last scene. Yes. It's so great. And then, so, you know, like, he fails the jump hard. You know, like, he, he, he like, comes off the bike and, like, lands hard. I, I love, because, like, the, you, you get the dramatic stop of the counter. And everybody's like, oh, yeah. they're waiting to see if he makes <laughs> I it. I guess they want to see how it goes. And he goes up the, the big ramp to get at the top. And, yeah. he, and he does his little thing where he's like, what is it, This the animal spirits unite. Yeah, they, 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 talk, they do the animal spirit, the totem spirits, a couple yes. times throughout the movie. The this house cat was them. great. <laughs> Bottlenose dolphin. Yes. <laughs> And then he does. He he's going down the ramp, and he's like, he's you see, he's waving at people, and then you just have clearly the revelation, like, no, no, it's not (laughs) gonna work. He's doing the thumbs up, (laughs) and it's like, oh, the bike is separated from him. There's Uh, there's not you're not coming back from it. This is going to be a failed jump. Yes, and look when he crashes, Chris Parnell's like, I sure hope he didn't have a fight with anyone from his crew earlier in the morning. Because he's surely dead. Yes. <laughs> oh, so good. Chris Parnell. His his delivery is the best. And, and then he goes into that that heavenly, like he's wearing all white, and he's like, what? Where yes. am I? And then you have the grilled cheese, and you have the taco. The taco versus the grilled cheese. Oh. <laughs> it's really good. And then the hoop stank when he comes back. Yes. And then, so, like, it's successful. You know, you get the great line where, like, Rod earns the money for his stepfather's conveniently priced surgery. Yes. So good. And then and then Rod gets to fight Frank. And that, that scene itself, I mean, like, it, there's no wasted scene in this movie. Like, no. There's never a point where you're just not laughing. I do. And so, I, I do just, just because it's one of those, like, <laughs> it makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. After Rod gets up and has a triumph and everybody's cheering, ah, and you have Ebenezer Scrooge. Oh, he <laughs> Christmas out the window goose. Of the bus. And he's just, yes. He does this Christmas music. And then Chris Parnell's like, it's Ebenezer Scrooge. <laughs> I know. It's such a South Park, or not a South Park. I keep saying South Park, but it's a very oh. family guy. Oh, it's, it's a very like, family guy joke. It's out of nowhere. And it's like, right. I, I always love the implication. It's like, if you were listening on the AM radio and you yes. hear Chris Parnell go, it's Ebenezer Scrooge with no context. <laughs> right. Like, what? Ebenezer Scrooge is there? He's just like hanging out of the last bus. <laughs> yes. And, uh, I just, it makes no sense. It is ridiculous. Goose. But it just, uh, it is, I and like, you're, I'm already reeling from just laughing so hard at the oh, entire movie. God. There's just one more little thing right before this finale. Yeah. 
Yeah, and then but that finale is great where you know it's six months later. Oh yeah. Frank gets his his new heart. Rod's got to try and kick his ass, and like that scene where because like they're having a barbecue. Yes. To celebrate Frank's surgery, and they're beating each other. Like it starts in the basement. The basement. And it like they're hitting each other so hard. Like they crash through the like the, the, the cement blocks. blocks. Yes. Yeah, the cement blocks out back. They're like hitting each other and like burning each other on the grill. And like at one point, Rod grabs a brick. And I love Rico is like commentating too, like on the base, like he just whapped him with the brick. <laughs> and Chris ass, Parnell's kind of like, should we stop this? And Sissy's face, right? no, they're fine. No, no, it's okay. And, he, and they like, they crash through the fence. And then I mean, you got the whole last scene where, you know, he makes Frank crap himself. Oh, that was so great. And, and then the movie just ends. <laughs> this ends on a freeze frame. Yep. And that's Hot Rod. That that's, is Hot Rod. I've I've been wanting to talk about this movie for a long time. Uh, there's there's just great little one-off jokes that you can appreciate in a vacuum. <laughs> uh, but it's it's also just a really fun movie. And clearly, after listening to us talk about it for the last hour and a half, everyone can understand why this is a movie we love because it is yeah. it is clearly just one of the most hilarious movies that many people never saw. Yeah, not not a lot of people I know still to this day are even familiar with it. That more people are probably familiar with Popstar, I yeah. would say, because that got a much bigger release and also was a failure. It, I I thought maybe for sure that one would have a big like I, I wasn't expecting it to be huge, but I thought it would be a lot bigger than it was. Especially because I mean, like people really knew the Lonely Islands for their musical ability, and that really focused yeah. a lot more on them creating their songs. Well, and also Adams Andy Samberg was a big star by the time. He, this came yeah, out. he was a much bigger star when Popstar came out. Yeah, like you, you probably wouldn't have known who Jorma and Akiva are. No, uh, e- even if you listen to the records, like you probably don't know they're known by their name. You've heard no. Them. If you but if you Andy, went to ask somebody, hey, do you know Akiva Schaefer or Jorma Tacone? And they're like, right, uh, I don't know who the hell that I is. I have yet. no idea who that is. They're brilliant. I love them. Uh, they're the best, and uh, that, that's this is the movie that I wanted to start our February, our month-long uh, movies we love. Our love affair with movies. Our love affair with movies, well said. And uh, we'll just leave it at that. We we pretty much touched on everything. There, I mean, there's still lots of bits we didn't even talk about, honestly. We, we can mean, talk about this movie for another three hours if we really want yeah. to. Yeah, when I say 88 minutes, packed. It is packed with just joke after joke yeah it, there's no downtime like there's not a single boring moment in this movie <laughs> it's up there it's definitely up there for me and uh with that uh following our october uh you know horror movie extravagant uh, our horror extravagant horror extravaganza that we did uh we talked about the next movie we were gonna watch and talk about and you get to pick the next movie and so uh i'll just let you let the loyal listeners who've listened this long uh that you get a little treat and let you get a little sneak preview of the next uh episode if you uh, if if you are a loyal listener and i'm looking at you vietnam um (laughs) yeah and you know obviously you know us then you know one of the running recurring things is how much i love jimmy stewart because mm. I make Ron watch a lot of old Jimmy Stewart movies. 
And so when we're talking about movies we love, I got to go Jimmy Stewart and I got to go my favorite Jimmy Stewart, which is Harvey. So we'll be doing Harvey next week, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. Is that a movie that you can watch streaming anywhere easily? Uh, let's see here. You could stream it at my house because I have it. <laughs> you could just show up. Just show up at Adam's my house. place. Yep. Just, just show me your just, Viet- Vietnamese passport. And yeah. Fine. Just. <laughs> let's just see that. It it's cheap. I'm sure you can buy it cheap if you don't if you don't have a streaming option. I'm yeah. Sure if there's not, not and expensive. and you should because it's just it's. It's an old black and white movie. Um, I've never seen it, never heard of it, you know. So I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to checking it out and and diving into that. 1950 and is where it, 1950. It was, 1950. Wow. 1950. So this it, is before um, Rear View. Yes. Or re- Rear Window, not Rear View. Rear, rear, rear Window. I knew it. Um, it looks like you can get it on Amazon to own for six ninety nine. Is the cheapest? Yeah. And that's I'll HD. just probably buy it. <clears throat> but I'm yeah, everywhere. And I wouldn't be surprised too if you just wanted to do look for like a Jimmy Stewart collection of movies. It might yeah. be in there. Because Jim, Jimmy yeah, Stewart, I know just, you love Jimmy Stewart. Oh, he's your dude. Stewart. You've you've talked a couple of times about Jimmy Stewart, and I got my uh, I, my uh, It's a Wonderful Life uh, rear window and Harvey uh, nice mounted. They're my it's art. I have art in my home now. Yeah, you got some um, framed artwork like an adult frame, man. Yeah, some, some like classy shit. <laughs> I'm sure classy. <laughs> I went from assy to classy. I've got space balls and back to the future hanging on my <laughs> wall. You've got a trio of Jimmy Stewart classics. Black I'm a and Jimmy white Stewart films. Man. Yes. Yeah, I know you are. And he's he's fun to watch. So we'll we'll see how that so like is that like a is it is it a romantic comedy or drama comedy? Like what, what's the it's, what's give us a preview, like what's what's Harvey? Uh Harvey is a uh well, Harvey's a rabbit. He's six foot three and a half. Uh-huh. Um and uh Elwood P. Dowds. Um uh, he he's the uh he's the only one that can see him. And so, um, he's just, he's, he's the friendliest guy you'd ever meet. And he just, yeah. he just goes about his business, him and Harvey walking around his, um, his sister Vita, um, is trying to find, uh, a, a man for her daughter and they all live together in the same house, this big old house. And she's, um, she loves him, but she's ashamed of him. So there's. She tries to get him committed so that his craziness won't impact their family or bring uh, bring any uh, bad mention to their family name. And through a series of uh, of mishaps, um, he he's not committed. They think he's the sane one, and they accidentally try and commit his sister. And then they're trying to chase him down. And and he's never running away from anyone. He's just this happy-go-lucky guy wandering around town, talking to his yeah, best friend Harvey, well, as Jimmy Stewart does. Yeah, it's it's um, there's uh, there's he he brings happiness to the people around him. Yeah, and uh, he's just uh, like there's there's just something like you watch this movie. I, I always just feel better after I watch Harvey. Like I could turn Harvey on, watch it, and Couldn't let the we all roll. use a little bit of that. Oh, and it nowadays. does. It just it's <laughs> it's simple. And he's just. He, I mean, Jimmy Stewart. Like everybody thinks Tom Hanks is the nicest guy in the world, and Jimmy Stewart is Tom Hanks on the the on steroids. Yeah, because he, he was just Tom this, Hanks. Sure. He he's the I, and 
I mean, because Jimmy Stewart's such, I mean, like, Jimmy Stewart was, he was a general brigadier during World War II. He flew, I mean, like, he was a, a guy that was in the military and he just. He was a, a man's man. He was a, I mean, like, and, and then he was a cowboy in so many movies. Like, he's just a great yeah. guy. And he finished yeah. off his career as Wiley Burp in Five All Goes West. And it's like, this is just a guy that you love. And I'm glad, I'm glad that I never really heard anything negative about him in the, yeah. you know, in, in the canceled culture yeah. kind of days you know like like john wayne like he's considered to be a, like a huge piece of shit nowadays. yeah um i've never heard anything bad about jimmy stewart so no. that's good Jim, you, you can know, watch like, this and, and feel okay about it. oh things. yeah you totally can because it's just it's a movie you watch and you, you like you kind of you kind of wish you could see the world like l p dowd does right on well that's a nice preview for our yes. next episode and um I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you for uh, joining me for this uh, take on uh, Hot Rod. Yes, uh, easily. Just, just a great movie, and I, I'm I'm excited to talk about more movies. Our love affair with movies for fe- for February, and uh, th- this this episode was edited by you. Yes, uh, for <laughs> by me, by you. So uh, hopefully, hopefully things turn out pretty well there. I'm excited. If to if you're listening you. to this right now, you're like, wow, this. <laughs> what was wrong with this one? <laughs> Why was this one so different than the others? That was because it was me, and I'm no, not as good as. No, that's exciting, Rob. man. Like I really, I think it's cool that you're you're taking an interest in in doing some uh, of the editing of the of the podcast. I'm I'm and taking some ownership, like in a venture that was ninety percent Ron doing the work and me showing up to talk about movies for a couple hours. I'm actually participating in in a greater capacity that hopefully alleviates some of the the heavy lifting for you. I really appreciate that. And I, I have faith in you. I think it's going to be good. So um, that's all we have for this week. Um, it's, it's good to be back. And you can look forward to three more episodes this month. And, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe in March we'll keep going. But you know we'll how it is. Her, we'll, keep it, we'll keep an eye on the future. The we'll March keep an eye a, on the future. March is a lucky month with St. Patrick's yeah, Day. That's true. That's true. Well, maybe we can think of a theme. Yeah. And uh, maybe, maybe if we're lucky, we'll have some uh, some of the other Cinemasters join in on the fun in this month. So uh, you, well, you'll have to. I've, I've, been, have I've to had some see. conversations with some of the other Cinemasters already, and they're interested. So we'll we'll see if we can't get a third person on the microphone. Not that there's anything wrong with just us. But if you're gonna get extra, extra is always good. Oh, a little extra bang for your buck? Yeah. No one's ever going to complain about that. Unless it's herpes. Then extra, not as, <laughs> not as great. <laughs> not so much. Well, thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time on the Cinemasters of the Universe podcast. Gods of War! May your hammer be mighty.